Isn't his story amazing? <laughs> Hi. Welcome to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. <laughs> I'm Emily. I love my story. <laughs> I'm Katie. <laughs> we are on the final section of ah! Goblet of Fire. There's so much to talk Yay! about. You know it. We know it. We're a Harry Potter podcast. We moan and groan about all things Harry Potter. We're finishing up Goblet of Fire book club today. Woo-hoo. Getting pumped, getting jazzed, about to watch this movie like the second we end this recording. So this is very fun and exciting. Guys, <laughs> we're so excited. So The ending of this book is so good. This oh, movie is not so good, but I'm still I, super excited for it. I, Katie, I don't know what my favorite part is. Of the section. So I'm going to ask you first. What is your favorite part? I think my favorite part is like Voldemort's actual speech that he gives to his Death Eaters when they arrive. Yeah. And he's telling them his story. <laughs> because he's such a dramatic piece of shit about it. Oh, and he's like, oh, what a thrilling tale it is. And it's like, oh my god. There's gonna it's be- like he rehearsed it. I know. You know that he's been sitting there for 13 years just waiting to, like, be dramatic and throw in all the drama. I'm gonna puke. This episode is gonna have so many, like, just reading from the book sections. I know. <laughs> I'm like, prepared so for things. it. Good, good, good. Your your instrument is ready. Your voice is warmed up. You're prepped and ready. I go. was screaming at a concert last night, but I made sure to drink lots of water <laughs> so my voice would be ready for this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, I love it so much. Oh, he's so dramatic. I love it. I I was, like, expecting there to be a difference between Chamber of Secrets, Voldemort, and Goblet of Fire. There's absolutely not. He is still the exact same dramatic piece of shit that he was. That's why I love it so much. He's got so much, like, character and personality, and it's so good. Oh, he's so good. I love him so much. He's, he's, like, scary and fun. He's the best. I wish that was in the movies. I do too! See, this is why it's gonna be like, I'm taking it all back. It's like, we constantly say, like, well, the graveyard scene's the good part. Like, that part's really good. And then we're gonna watch it today, and I feel like it's not gonna be that good. It's gonna be real short. Oh, it's gonna be real short. Oh. Well, I guess since you picked that, I'll say the other one. <laughs> the Veritaserum chapter. Yes. <laughs> yes, Holy that part is also shit. so good. Holy <gasps> shit. That part is so good. It's like you get all this, like, oh, what I just, I love, because yours, it's like, I love it so much because it's like we're getting one of those, it's like the first chapter of Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. Like, we're hearing it from another side. Like, the whole series, we're hearing it from another side. Right, yeah. And so, like, we're getting the same, but from Voldemort's perspective, and that's bomb as hell. Yeah, it's awesome. And I love that so much, but then this is, like, the Barty Crouch Jr. reveal and story stuff is also so amazing. Because it's, like, honestly, and we've said it a million times, but reading it again, it's, like, (gasps) it's, like, the best mystery, best anything in the series. It fills in all the gaps. It's so cool. Good. Holy I forget, shit. like, how many answers you get about literally everything, like, about, like, Bertha Jorkins, and, like, it's, yeah. it's all of it, and, like, just hearing about, like, his dad, and him being at the World Cup, yes. like, it's just cool, like, watching all the pieces, especially from, like, what happens at the Quidditch World Cup come yes. together, I think is, like, the most exciting part of that. It's, it's, again, um, you get a whole recap of the book, but from, like, the villain. Yeah. It's so oh, bomb. Oh, it's so good. It's so bomb. I can't, I can't stand it. The end of this book is so good. It is, I know. Oh my god. Oh, I'm not like the into whole it thing too, but even great. after all this happens, like the part where they're in the hospital <gasps> Shut your mouth. With Dumbledore and Fudge like oh, arguing. Oh, oh, that gave me chills. I, I was know. so excited. I oh. such good setup for the what oh. comes in the oh. next one. 
Oh, I just, God. and we'll talk about it, but oh my God. Like, Harry. Yes. It hurts. I want to cry for him. I almost cried like three times. I know. Because I just feel so sad for him. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I always think I'm like, oh, she didn't like do that much with like his PTSD and stuff. Yeah. But she sure does. She does, yeah. She sure does. Oh, when he's, like, retelling them the story of, like, what happened and he literally, like, can't talk once he gets to the part where he sees his parents. Kill me. <laughs> I, okay, so we'll get into okay. that. But first, we've got the third task to cover. <laughs> yes, we do. So should we just jump right in? Yeah. Take us through it. To the third task. Sorry, I had to find my page. So, just in case you guys haven't followed, we're covering 31 to the end of this book. Yes. For this part. So... Where do we pick up? What happened in the end of the last chapter? Oh, this was right after Harry comes out of the Pensieve. So yes. he's telling Ron and Hermione everything that he saw with all the trials and Snape being a Death Eater. That's what they're really trying to figure out. They're like, oh, what did Snape do to get off? Yes. Um, Hermione's freaking out about Rita Skeeter a little bit. Um, they're helping Harry practice for... Um, for the third task. Yes. Practicing all these, like, charms and jinxes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, Sirius is sending Harry letters every day, telling him not to worry about Voldemort until after the third task is over. Yep. And then this new article comes out. Yes. Harry Potter, Disturbed and Dangerous. Do you want me to read it? Sure. Okay. Just tell me whenever there's a part that you want me to actually read. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Harry Potter disturbed... I love reading these They're so articles. Funny. Yeah. The boy who defeated he who must not be named is unstable and possibly dangerous, writes Rita Skeeter, special correspondent. Alarming evidence has recently come to light about Harry Potter's strange behavior, which casts doubts upon his suitability to compete in a demanding competition like the Triwizard Tournament or even to attend Hogwarts school. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Potter, the Daily Prophet, can exclusively reveal, regularly collapses at school, and is often heard to complain of pain in the scar on his forehead, relic of the curse with which you-know-who attempted to kill him. On Monday last, midway through a divination lesson, your Daily Prophet reporter witnessed Potter storming from the class, claiming that his scar was hurting too badly to continue studying. It is possible, say top experts at St. Mungo's, that Harry Potter's brain was affected by the attack inflicted upon him by you-know-who, and that his insistence that the scar is still hurting is an expression of his deep-seated confusion. He might even be pretending, said one specialist. This could be a plea for attention. (laughs) The Daily Prophet, however, has unearthed worrying facts about Harry Potter that Albus Dumbledore, headmaster of Hogwarts, has carefully concealed from the wizarding public. Potter can speak parcel tongue, reveals Draco Malfoy, a Hogwarts fourth year. Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, you would know. He's obsessed with him. (laughs) There were a lot of attacks on students a couple years ago, and most people thought Potter was behind them after they saw him lose his temper at a dueling club and set a snake on another boy. It was all hushed up, though, but he's made friends with werewolves and giants, too. We think he'd do anything for a bit of power. Parseltongue, the ability to converse with snakes, has long been considered a dark art. Indeed, the most famous Parselmouth of our times is none other than you-know-who himself. A member of the Dark Forest Defense League, who wished to remain unnamed, stated that he would regard any wizard who could speak Parseltongue as worthy of investigation. Personally, I would be highly suspicious of anybody who could converse with snakes, as serpents are often used in the worst kinds of dark magic and are historically associated with evildoers. 
Similarly, anyone who seeks out the company of such vicious creatures as werewolves and giants would appear to have a fondness for violence. Elvis Dumbledore should surely consider whether a boy such as this should be allowed to compete in the Triwizard Tournament. Some fear that Potter might resort to the dark arts in his desperation to win the tournament, the third task of which takes place this evening. Bum bum. What a bitch. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> what a bitch. She sucks. She just, the minute he did not want to play the game, it yeah, was over. Yeah, she, she was just gonna <laughs> call him out. God damn it. I hate her. I love how everyone is like trying to hide it from Harry, but that when he does find out, he's like, "Aw, she doesn't like me." <laughs> but he's like making a joke about it. I feel like this is this is the funny thing is that I feel like as Harry grows older, his if this happened and he was an older person and he saw all the Slytherins were trying to like do whatever, he would have just been like, Bleh! <laughs> yeah, like just like acted crazy. <laughs> Petty bitch. He but is. He's, he's like, you know, he's a little too above it all. Yeah. So he's just like, oh, that's sad Aww, for her. that's the best she could do. <laughs> <laughs> but I still love it. I know. I, but I, I thought of that. I was like, if that were me, I would have started just acting like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, then they're trying to figure out how she would have even known, like, what happened in Divination. Yes. He's like, she wasn't there. and Like, she's not allowed on the grounds. So, like, how did she know about that? Um, and they kind of start talking about bugging. Yes, and Hermione loses her mind. And Hermione her mind. loses her mind. <laughs> she starts, like, running her fingers through her hair and, like, pretending to talk into her <laughs> hand and stuff. Fully nuts. Yeah. <laughs> She's losing it. Even when she, like, kind of speaks to them about it, like, she's it's just, like, in phrases and it's, it's yes. like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I've had an idea. Because then no one, oh, she's going to be in trouble. Oh, she's definitely not allowed. <laughs> like, that's how she's going about it. I love her. <laughs> so, yeah. So then they have exams, but Harry doesn't have to do them because yes. he's a champion. So he's just, like, kind of hanging out. Um, so then McGonagall comes and tells him that the champions are meeting up with all their families who have come to, like, spend the day with them before the last task. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, what? The Dursleys wouldn't be here. So he's about to leave, but then he finds out that Mrs. Weasley and Bill came to watch him. So they're, like, in the back room, and they're meeting everybody's families. Fleur is, like, eyeing Bill already. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I forgot that she hints at that here. Yes. It's so cute. (laughs) That will be back. (laughs) Um... It's kind of crazy how Mrs. Weasley could, like, not like Fleur so much when she was a Triwizard Tournament champion. Yeah. I don't know. God, that makes me so... Just sexism. I hate it. It's just fun. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) Um... So Harry, like, hangs out with Bill and Mrs. Weasley for the day, and they're just, like, walking around the grounds and telling stories about... What their school yeah. time was like and stuff. And I do, I do love this part when, um, when Harry's like, I didn't know you guys would come. I, I thought for a second that like the Dursleys were here or something, but that wouldn't be a thing. And Mrs. Weasley just goes, mm. Mm. <laughs> Well, no, we're here. <laughs> I love it so much that she like won't talk shit about them in front of Harry, but like hates but them. Clearly dislikes them. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, especially now that she knows how bad they are once they picked him up at the beginning of this book from their house. Um, 
And let's see what else happens. Amos Diggory talks more shit to Harry. Yes. Jesus Christ, this guy. Bet you're not feeling quite as full of yourself now that Cedric's caught up to you on points, are you? <laughs> oh my god. I mean, he has a right to be angry because that, like, first article, like, didn't even mention that Cedric was a champion, but, like, still. Hey, but that's a 14-year-old who's not doing that. Right, yeah, it's not his <laughs> fault. He's, like, too much. <laughs> He's too much. Okay, it's also really funny because, like, in this part, like, Mrs. Weasley's like, oh my god, Rita Skeeter just causes trouble, Amos. Pull your head out of your ass. But then, like, later, she's, like, being all mean to Hermione because of something that was written about her in a Rita Skeeter article. Molly. God. Um, so then we get a little bit of information about, uh, Mr. Crouch here because Harry asks how Percy's doing. Yes. And we find out that um, Percy has been going through a lot of questioning because they are starting to think <laughs> that Mr. Crouch hasn't actually been sending him these instructions. Yep. And they're not letting him fill in as the judge tonight. Fudge is going to be there instead. And then, um, yeah, they just keep hanging out for the rest of the day. Harry tells Mrs. Weasley that Hermione is not his girlfriend. And then all of a sudden <laughs> she's really nice to her. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe she just knows how badly Ginny wants him, and so she's like, all of the girls that are after Harry just gotta go. Oh, God. <laughs> Looking out for my girl. Okay. I doubt it. Um, and then... And then they go down to the Quidditch field, and the third task begins. So Harry and Crum... Or Harry and Vic... No! Harry and Cedric get to go first. <laughs> and, then, and then Victor... Gets to go in second, and then Fleur last. <laughs> and then... Yeah, then they go into the maze, and they um, are fighting their way through. And Harry's, like, not really coming across a ton of obstacles. Yeah. Weird. Weird. <laughs> What's up with that? He's just I don't know. picking all the lucky paths, I guess. <laughs> um, but he does find a boggart. And uh, runs into Cedric, who had to run away from the Scroots. Yes. Which are ten feet long now. Jesus Christ. Um, and then he walks through the mist that turns the world upside down. Yes, I love that part. That I don't know so why, fun. I've always thought that was so cool. I know. That would be terrifying. It put like, a lot of suspense like... in my heart. I remember the first time reading this book. Yeah. Like, I remember reading it and being like, oh my god. Oh my god, what's gonna happen? I was so, like... Man, the third task I love. It's so good. Again, like the lake, I feel like it would be a very boring one to watch I know. for the audience, but like it's still cool. They get to hear some noises and stuff, which is very exciting. I wonder if there's like some sort of commentary that's running about like stuff that's in the maze that the audience can hear. Or oh something. yeah, maybe like I telling all about the obstacles. It's like fucking boring, things. right? Yeah, I wonder you watch him walk into this big hedge. There must have been something going on, like that bagman or something was talking through Mm -hmm. the second task or something. Because I can't just sit there. Right. That's so dumb. That would be so boring. I know. Um, Oh, and then we hear a scream and Fleur gets attacked. Yes. Um... Harry then has to face a scroot. And then we see Crumb is using the Cruciatus Curse on Cedric. Yes. And so Harry and Cedric kind of join together to mm-hmm. 
to take him down. Um, to take him down, and they're like, oh, I can't believe this. I thought he was okay. He is okay. He's a good boy. <laughs> um, and then they go off, and then it's the Sphinx, which is my fave. I know. But she's so cute. <laughs> she's so cute. <laughs> and I love that it's a warning, mm-hmm. too. Yes. I think that's so awesome. I do, too. That all oh of a sudden it just comes running out. Blech. But I love this. I mean, I like, I know it too much, but I... I remember the first time reading it, I was, like, really trying to figure it out. Yeah. Too. Could not. Until he said it. I was like, oh. I'm so bad with that kind of thing. I would never. I'm bad at riddles, I think. I am, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's sad that this one is one that, like, now now every time you read it, you, like, remember what it is, so you can't try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I still always try to figure out the bottles, though. Yeah, the the Sorcerer's Stone one, I will never know. Yeah. (laughs) But... (laughs) But this one I do. I like the the D thing is really good. The middle of middle, last thing to mend, mm-hmm. end of end, whatever. I never like got that for a while. And then yeah. when I was like older, I was like, oh, that's really fun. That's real smart. Right. I like that. Spider. A spider. So Harry does it. Gets he past does it. Sphinx. He gets past her. He's a smarty pants. Um, is about to see, and then, like, he goes past her and really quickly sees the cup. Um, yes. But, but Cedric, Cedric running. is in front of him and is <laughs> Full running. sprint. <laughs> but then the spider comes out. And so they have to battle the spider. Um, and it, like, <gasps> it doesn't break Harry's leg, but it, like, rips his leg and then it, drops him. Yeah, it picks him up and he kicks his leg back and it hits one of the pincers and it pierces through his leg. Ew. And then there's, like, white milky stuff coming out of it. Yeah. Because there's, like, some sort of something going on in there. Is that fully, truly an acromantula? Because that's horrifying to put in one of these. Yeah. Like, I think about that, how that in the Fantastic Beasts book has the most X's. Yes. Of Danger Zone. And that it's, like, they will just, like, grab one and put one in there. That's crazy. Maybe they just made a spider really big. Yeah, I don't think they put an actual acromantula in there. Like, how would a 17-year-old know how to defeat one Because that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Ooh, if I have to see a goddamn spider in this brand new CGI that is so good oh in one of these God. movies, I'm going to lose my mind. I bet there will be one on that ride. <gasps> but that I don't want to have to see them in a Fantastic Beasts movie. No. I was just thinking about that. Blech. No. No, Aragog is scary enough in Chamber of Secrets because he was a that's real life real. built yeah. spider. Ugh. Yuck. That could move. <gasps> Isn't there one in the Hogwarts ride? There is. It spits in your face. It does spit in your face. Oh. And that's when they take the picture. When you're at your most terrified. Okay. This is getting <laughs> off topic a little bit, but I think they changed that. Because when I was last there, like a year ago, the moment where they take your picture is when these like dementors come like swooping into your face. And there's like a camera under their hood. Are you sure? And, like, that's... Yeah. Do you see a flash? Yeah. Oh. And then you turn around and you, like, get shoved into the Whomping Willow. Because I was, like, keeping an eye out for the spider and for the basilisk, like, skeleton, and, like, that wasn't in there. So I wonder if they, like, took out some of the parts or, like, redid some of it. That is so weird. Unless I just missed it, but I went on that ride, like, three times while I was there. And they didn't have the spiders? No, I don't think so. What? 
That doesn't seem right. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to try to find, like, a playthrough or something on YouTube when we're done here. Weird! Yeah. No, because I remember both times that I went, it was, like, right at the spider part. And yeah, I remember... I the picture. The first I time I was face there. pushed into, like, the little, like, <laughs> strap-in part. Because I was like, no! <laughs> yeah, the first time that I went... The, it was the spiders, and it also had the basilisk skeleton. Yeah. I remember seeing that, and too. And the second time for me, too. Huh. That's weird. That is weird. Don't know. I don't know. I remember the second time I went, the first time I went on that ride, I was on it with my hands over my face the whole time, like, peeking through my fingers, because I was so scared of seeing the, like, big structures. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <coughs> so Harry can't walk. So Harry it's can't really scary. Walk. Yeah. How does he get through, like, all of this next stuff I with, like, know. a broken leg? It's like, it, like, well, because, okay, what they say is that he got, like, kind of stabbed in the leg, so that really hurts. But then also when he fell, he twisted his he ankle. He twists his ankle, too. So, like, I know exactly what that is, the, like, violent shaking when he tries to Yeah, I've done that before, so, so it, oh, it hurts. Horrible. So horrible. This poor kid. I guess with, like, the adrenaline of trying to escape yes, later, absolutely. Though, like, that would, like, keep him going, mm-hmm. even though it hurts. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Harry and Cedric eventually defeat the spider. Yes. Um, and then they're kind of arguing over who should take <laughs> who should take the cup. And Harry suggests that they take it together so they can be co-champions. That's so sweet. I have a question. Okay. It's from Pottermore. Why do you think Cedric and Harry want to share the Triwizard Prize? I think because they both feel like they haven't gotten there fairly. Yeah. And that the other is too stubborn. So they're like, all right, fine, let's just share. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're both trying to be good. Yeah. Yeah, and you have a point about both of them feeling like they didn't get there fairly because they both got, like, help. Yeah. Because Cedric says that he got help with the, the egg. Like, he didn't figure yeah. that out. and Harry own. was like, well, so did I. I got help the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, they want to be, they want to be fair and they want to be honest. Right. They're, I don't know, I think they both are too prideful. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Harry we know for sure because we're, like, in his position or whatever from reading mm-hmm. his perspective but that he's just like well they want Cedric they got there fair and square whatever yeah. like <laughs> he's just like well that's not me whatever um but Cedric is just he's so good he wants it to be fair and you see this it's the Quidditch thing all over again yeah rematch because that wasn't fair he feels he didn't get there fairly he's like nope Harry you did you helped me you get it right you saved me from crumb. Let's go. Go ahead. And so they take it together. What a mistake. It is a mistake. Sometimes I wish Harry had just been selfish and been like, okay. It's a good thing Cedric didn't, like, take it alone, though. I know. Well, or not, because then, guess who wouldn't be back? <laughs> well, yeah, but he still would have died. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're so, so they sweet. <laughs> I love them so much. I think this is my favorite Cedric chapter. I know. It's so good. I love I'm so, so sad. He's so, <laughs> so sad. He's just such a good guy. Oh, God. Let's do it. Flesh, blood, and bone. Nothing, I think, ever. That's a lie. 
But in these books so far, I don't know about the other ones, but reading this chapter title, like, puts the shivers in me. Yes. It is so ominous and terrifying. I know. Ooh. Ooh. God, I love it. Flesh, blood, and bone. But I don't know, like... I don't know, maybe I'll see as the books get scarier, but this one I always know. I'm just like, ooh, ooh, that's scary. Yeah, I remember it too. Shiver me timbers. Oh, yeah. This is like one of the only chapter titles that like I do like Puts remember the fear of God it. in me. <laughs> it is like one of the only like chapter titles that I like remember. Like if someone were to be like, name a chapter in Harry Potter, like this would be one of the first ones that comes to mind. Yeah. Just because it like stands out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they land in this graveyard. Oh, boy. Um, and at first they're like, is this, like, the next part of the task? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Um, but then... Uh, what happens? Um, they're walking around, and then someone comes out of the darkness wearing a hooded cloak. I hate things in hoods. <laughs> I know you do. Um... And Cedric dies right away. Right he kills away. Cedric. And then Harry notices that the name on well, the Well, hold thing. on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Because I don't exactly remember how much it is in the movie, but the figure comes out and then it's the kill the spare thing. But Harry drops to the ground because of the pain in his scar. Oh, that's and right. And his eyes are closed. It's really tight. And he's just laying on the ground. And all of a sudden, he sees the flash and through his eyelids. And yeah. hears a thud. And when he opens his eyes, he Cedric sees Cedric's face. Yeah. It's so upsetting. This book is fucking scary. And I just want to make sure we get all these details in here. Because it's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. And then before he can like even have a moment to really process it, Wormtail has like... Pulled him, him up. up and is shoving him against the headstone. Mm -hmm. And then, and then that's when up. he sees Tom Riddle and he knows what's happening. What's I think the movie kind of does something like that. Well, don't I know they? he like, like he's, yells in, or he's in pain, but it's not like as horrifying as this. Yeah, this is worse because like he doesn't even know what's happening. I think that that would have been way cooler than seeing him like figure skater spin into death. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, like, totally does a flip. Yeah. <laughs> while he dies. So weird. But I... Yeah, for it to, like, just be, like, dark if and, like, we, not even if be able to had, see anything. Like, we see them coming out and then all of a sudden it's, like, Harry yelling and it just, like, dims. You know, I know we just shit on that in Prisoner of Azkaban for every scene transition. Well, it's not a transition. But if they... <laughs> it's, like... But if they did that and then we just, like, kind of... You know, like, how they do kind of, like, underwater sounds, like, if you put your head under in the bathtub and you can kind of hear, like, the muffled noises or whatever. Yeah. And you hear the, like, words, and then all of a sudden it's, like, that kind of, like, gauzy flash of green and a thud, and then all of a sudden it, like, pops onto Cedric's face. Yeah. That would have been really intense. That would have been really scary. That would have been really scary. Just notes for my so remake. <laughs> for when we remake them. <laughs> oh Take note. God. This is what it should be. Take notes. <laughs> um so then harry is like kind of is he like struggling against yes the cords and stuff and he gets slapped across the face jesus christ by a hand that has a finger missing and that's how he fingers it figures fingers oh, out jesus. that's how he figures out that it's a worm tail 
Um, and he's just left um, the boss baby to struggle on the ground. Yeah, he's just like laying there in his like robes. He's like a full baby. He's just like kick him. Yeah, Harry legit thinks he's a baby when he first it like, is comes out. Maybe one of the, this chapter is so fucking scary. It's maybe one of the most like blood chilling like moments when I don't even remember the exact quote. You'll have to find it. But when Harry's like, no child has ever had a face like that. It is yes. one of the scariest descriptions in the world. And I think like when I read that, I got so angry at the movie because it, it's like again, it's a child's movie, of course, whatever. But like yeah. that is fucking scary. And the weird. Voldemort baby that we see in the movie is like nothing. It it's doesn't know. Like it doesn't just look like weird. In here, well, first it was like scaly looking, and it's like a dark reddish it's black. Raw. It's like it's not. It's not like the big shiny white thing that's in the no. movie. It's like almost black. Yeah, that it's like he's just like there's. I just imagine it's like no skin. Yeah, like just burned to a, just like raw and bloody. Yeah. It's Ew. so upsetting. And that he's, like, he's got that just, like, face. And his legs and arms are, like, really thin. Ugh. And, like, gross looking. Probably, like, bones. Ugh. It and is then, so yeah, vile. no child alive ever had a face like that. Flat and snake-like with gleaming red eyes. Oh, Jesus. Creasums. Yikes. It, it's so scary. This chapter... Fox. <laughs> yeah, so it's so scary. <laughs> so then he, Wormtail, puts Voldemort in the cauldron. I also, like, this is what I also don't stand for. Should I be saving these comments for the commentary? No, they'll still come out and it'll just be another repeat. That he, in the movie, just flop and dumps him in. Yeah. It's worse that he, like, picks him up like a child and sets him in the... Ugh. Yeah. Yikes. And you see his, like, limbs move, but I guess I just didn't want to, like, show him that much. And he, like, oh, he, like, raises his arms and, like, puts them around Wormtail's neck. Oh! Like a child does! That's how, like, toddlers hold on to you when you're, like, holding them and they, like, wrap their arm around you. Oh, yuck. And Harry's just being like, please let it drown. (laughs) Whatever's in there. Yikes. So then after he puts him in, that's when he starts adding all the other ingredients. So at this point, it's just water. I know water. that it has to be done in a certain order, but I always think it's stupid that the hand isn't last. Like, I that know. he has to go about doing a whole other thing <laughs> after chopping his own hand off. That poor guy. God. He I would not have needed that much flesh, would he? He could have just cut off another finger. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he needs to, like, grow a new body, so probably probably a good amount. But otherwise, I'm, maybe he didn't even need to, but he made a dad joke in the beginning of the book, and he's committing to it. Yeah. It has to be your hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So first he adds the bone of the father, unknowingly given. You will renew your son. And it's like, it's, it's like bone dust. It's not even like it's like a femur, like it is in the yes. movie. Drops that in. Flesh of the servant willingly given. Chops off his hands. Ugh. And Harry looks away. Harry looks away. He knows what's about to happen right before it does. And he, like, closes his eyes again. And but he even... can still hear the scream. Yeah. But do- isn't even aware until his, you know, there's a knife on his arm. 
Yeah. That he's come over to him. Right. Ugh. He heard something fall to the ground, heard Wormtail's anguish panting, and then a sickening splash as something was dropped. That's, that's gross. That's even more fucked up All the up sound part. effects, just like, ugh. It said he does it above the cauldron in the movie, but that he just, he cuts it, and then he, he's like yelling, and then he has to pick it up and put it in. How can you just a cut thousand through? times worse. Oh, it's disgusting. You couldn't do that just with, like, a kitchen knife, could you? I t- the, the fact that they're need- calling it a dagger is, like, crazy. Like, he needs, like, I a, feel like that's not a powerful a enough knife. knife. Like, a butcher He knife. needs a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Bones terrifying. are hard. You can't just chop Don't, through those. I can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. I can't talk about it Okay, anymore. and then blood of the enemy forcibly yes. taken. Cuts him in the arm. Cuts him in the arm. Puts his blood into the cauldron and then <laughs> Voldemort comes back let's he's, describe it he's alive um the whole part where do you want me to start just like him getting up out of the cauldron okay so suddenly the sparks emanating from the cauldron were extinguished a surge of white steam billowed thickly from the cauldron instead obliterating everything in front of Harry so that he couldn't see Wormtail or Cedric or anything but vapor hanging in the air and so you can't see his weenus <laughs> He doesn't have one. Yes, he does. If his nose fell off. No. So did that. It didn't <laughs> fall off. <laughs> but then through the mist in front of him, he saw with an icy surge of terror, the dark outline of a man, tall and skeletally thin, rising slowly from inside the cauldron. Robe me, said the high cold voice from behind the steam and Wormtail, sobbing and moaning, still cradling his mutilated arm. He has to do so much before he, he's like gonna before bleed he gets out. his hand. Yeah. Harry says at one point that his like robes are soaked in his own blood. Yeah. It's so gross. Good God. The thin man stepped out of the cauldron, staring at Harry, and Harry stared back into the that face that had haunted. <laughs> He's wearing robes now. (laughs) You can't see it anymore. And Harry stared back into the face that had haunted his nightmares for three years. Whiter than a skull with wide, livid, scarlet eyes and a nose that was flat as a snake's with slits for nostrils. Lord Voldemort had risen again. Hot. Oh man! I don't like how they keep... I don't like how they keep describing his, like, fucky daddy fingers. You know what I mean? I know. It's disgusting. I know they're like scary spider hands. But I'm like, t- stop talking about his fingers. Stop talking about his long fingers. Ugh. I don't want to know. <laughs> what does know. he do with those fingers? But they talk about him like that anyway. Like anytime there's Tom Riddle, it's his long, delicate his long hands. Finger- <laughs> he's got sexy hands. He's got sex hands. <laughs> finger me hands. That's what he's got. Yeah. Sex hands. It's horrible. All right, are we ready for the speech? We're ready for the speech. <laughs> We're just basically going to read a whole. You chapter just want me to read? I'll just read what he says. I won't read all the yes. the filler stuff. Oh, it's, it's so long. Bear with us, guys. It's story time. It's story time. Does anything happen before he starts with that? He's caressing his body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he lets out his high laugh. Yeah, Wormtail's robes are shining with blood now. <laughs> He calls his Should death I do ears. my impression? <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? Okay, I'm caressing myself.
did that while you were caressing yourself made it that much better. <laughs> he doesn't make it sexy like that. How do you know? <laughs> okay. Oh, God. So then he calls all the Death Eaters with Wormtails. Yeah. Dark Mark. Yeah, I won't take it. Shut up. <laughs> My, my one, like, 50% decent impression is fucking good. Then this is kind of where he starts, I think. How many will be brave enough to return when they feel it, and how many will be foolish hey. enough to stay away? I have something to say. Okay. <laughs> we skipped over for a second, because he was talking to Harry. No, that before. comes after this. Were you talking about him being on the grave of his father? Yeah, that comes after this. This is the first thing he says. He touches the... Oh. He touches the dark mark and is like, how many will be brave enough to return? Oh, shit. How many okay, will be I'm so sorry. To stay away. So then he starts talking to Harry while they're waiting for all their party guests. <laughs> you stand, Harry Potter, upon the remains of my late father. Still full name. <laughs> Still full name. He calls him that all the time. <sighs> a muggle and a fool, very like your dear mother. But they both had their uses, did they not? Your mother died to defend you as a child, and I killed my father, and see how useful he has proved himself in death. You see that house upon the hillside, Potter? <laughs> I just, I read that, and I hear Harry being like, we could live in the country. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, you see that house upon the hillside, Potter? My father lived there. My mother, a witch who lived here in this village, fell in love with him, but he abandoned her when she told him what she was. He didn't like magic, my father. He left her and returned to his muggle parents before I was even born, Potter. And she died giving birth to me, leaving me to be raised in a muggle orphanage. But I vowed to find him. I revenged myself upon him, the fool who gave me his name, Tom Riddle. Listen to me, reliving family history. Why? I am growing quite sentimental. I hate him. <laughs> I screamed the first time I read that line. I can't. I can't stand him. But look, Harry, my true family returns. Shut up! Like this line... Is ridiculous to me. Are you kidding me? I know. You have no... You have no family. <laughs> you cover your mouth. What am I saying? I didn't want to say it, but it's true. Shut the fuck up. You do not think of anybody as your family. Leave me alone. I know. Okay, I have something to say. Okay. And I'm saying this now because it's coming back, and I always, always forget. We just get these teeny bits every once in a while like chamber secrets i think gave me uh a, a drip of the sauce mm -hmm. but nothing else this i got a bite i am inclined to believe his story about his parents yes i'm inclined that to his believe dad was him one i'm inclined to believe him because i feel like he absolutely had like tortured and interrogated him before killing him. Yeah. Because, like, even though he hates himself, his his whole past, his family, all of the story of it, he hates it. Yeah. He still wants to know. Like, he has to know everything. Right. He's a knowledge eater. He's a people eater. <laughs> he, like, has to consume everything. So, like, he would have asked he would have found out asked i say asked him he would have, asked. He would have found out <laughs> what happened he would have had his dad tell him everything i am very inclined to believe him that you know he found out what she was and that was it and it wasn't yeah. some bullshit of like 
It she was a was, love potion, and then all of a sudden yeah. she like stopped using the love potion, and then, and then he was just like, "I don't love you. I'm leaving." No, he just left her when he found out what she is. That's I'm inclined to believe him. Yeah, Dumbledore. That sounds more likely based on like what we know about Tom Riddle. Like he we've already sucks. kind of learned this. It wasn't like he was this great guy. No, I he probably saw her as just like this little like hookup friend. Yes, he didn't actually care about her. He, I imagine it's like it's. It's a woman who is, like, not great to look at, but she's willing to do anything. Right. Because she's in love with him. So he's going to take advantage of that, and he, like, doesn't want to get married to this, like, uppity lady who he's going to have sex with, like, three times to have a baby, and that's it. Yeah. Like, he's not looking forward to that, so he goes and has, like, a little tryst with this tramp woman, and then she gets pregnant, and... Like, maybe some truths come out, and he's like, fuck that, I'm out. Yeah. And leaves, and what is she supposed to do? She can't do anything. She's pregnant and has no money, probably can't read, has no education. Her family's abandoned her because she was, like, with him. Her family is, like, dead and in prison or whatever. Like, she's not fucking going back there. So what is she going to do? She just has to, like, roam the streets and, like, sell her necklace and die. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. I think he is a despicable person. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. Either, either story is an interesting one. I, as I have, as I have thought about it and sat with it more, the, like, love potion, rape baby thing does not sit well with me at all. Yeah. I really have grown to not like that. And it's like, if that's, like, the real truth of the story, then fine. That has a lot of really nasty connotations to what love potions are. Yeah. And it's very upsetting for, like, that to be sold at, like, Fred and George's store and, like, all this stuff. Like, that has a lot of weird stuff and that's very interesting and all good on its side. But I'm going to say, if I know a rich white man, Tom Riddle Sr. (laughs) absolutely did what I just laid out. Yes. Because he sucks dick. I hate him. (laughs) I I believe That seems way more likely. I think it is Voldemort, or Dumbledore, I think, just has to, like, find something to blame it on that's not just, like, the way that a human is. And he's probably so determined to see the Gaunt family as bad. Here's what I think, too. I think that, like, I think that there is a moment when Harry says the line and Dumbledore says, can you possibly be feeling sorry for Lord Voldemort? And it's like... This kid has way too much empathy and wants to do good and doesn't want to murder people. Mm-hmm. But this kid has to murder someone and he needs to and I have to get him to do this. I don't think he's going to tell him anything that will make him feel empathy for Voldemort. Ever. Yeah. He's going to tell him what's going to get him to do what he wants. Right. And he has to do it. I'm not saying that that's like completely a wrong thing to do. He's doing his greater good stuff yeah and it all works out in the end it all works but even with nothing like that but even like, with yeah nothing harry still feels empathy right and offers a chance how however empty that invitation is because of course he won't take it i it's there and i think that he has to lie yeah or just make it up because he thinks that the whole it's it's genetic. 
his evilness. He's a nature, not a nurture kind of person. Yeah. Does that make him feel better about himself? <laughs> and his past choices? Maybe. I'm not saying that Voldemort is a good person. <laughs> or at all. I'm just saying Dumbledore isn't. Yeah. <laughs> the best person. No, he's not. And I just, this, this story, just, it... It blows my mind. I can't wrap my head around it. It's very hard for me to just sit there and take what Dumbledore says when he's just guessing. Yeah. He doesn't know. There's no one for him to ask. Dead, 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 dead. Yeah. And what would Morphin know? Nothing. Nothing. So you can't ask him. Can't ask Voldemort. Morphin would talk shit about his sister. (laughs) Has... Will well, and Voldemort and wouldn't even know. He wasn't around for. But it, but I believe yeah. him because he. Asked, I'm positive that he asked. He would have had his dad. I keep saying asked like he's requesting information. <laughs> he would have forced it out of him. He got the info. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? He has to know. This has been something he's been obsessed with: is knowing who he is. Mm-hmm. Credence. God, I was just gonna say. <laughs> Maybe he is gonna turn out to be Voldemort in the end. You fucking imagine. I would... I mean, he's buddy-buddy with Nagini right now. I would, um... Not to put it lightly, kill myself, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I wouldn't put it past her. No, Joanne. Anyway, I just had to say it because I went into, like, a full tizzy when I read that. Because I was just like, oh, absolutely not, Albus Dumbledore. No, thank you. I believe him. Yeah, this seems way more likely. <laughs> That's the end. Continue. Okay. So sorry. <laughs> so then the Death Eaters are all arriving, kissing his robes. Okay. Okay. At least they're not kissing his feet. Okay. He's too much. Was that how they were expected to greet him when they had all their Death Eater meetings? The I first can't imagine. I can't imagine. I have to assume this is just like the pure like awe of him returning. Yeah, because that is the Every that is wild. One of them does it though. All of them do. Like it's almost like they think it's like expected. You kiss your wife with that mouth, Lucius. <laughs> So then he starts his speech to the Death Eaters. Yeah, so I'm going to interrupt again, but please continue. Do you want me to read it? Oh, yeah, take me on this journey. Welcome, Death Eaters. (laughs) Thirteen years, thirteen years since we last met. Yet you answer my call as though it were yesterday. We are still united under the Dark Mark then. Or are we? (laughs) (laughs) And then he, he puts his face back, sniffs the air. I can't stand him. I smell guilt. There is a stench of guilt upon the air. He literally tilts his head back and sniffs. He is the a air. liar. He is an absolute <laughs> liar. And I wonder exactly when he decided to like start making this shit up because he's powerful enough that no one will question it. Yes. And he just he cannot smell emotion. <laughs> there is a stench of guilt. I am he cannot smell emotion. I hate him. <laughs> it's 
all for the drama. That's he all is for. Like the biggest drama queen on the face of the planet. He's so good. He lives for it. I can't stand it. sends him. a shiver around the circle. <laughs> well, yeah. They all want to step away. Because he's, he's ready to murder. <laughs> I see you all whole and healthy with your powers intact. Such prompt appearances. <laughs> and I ask myself, why did this band of wizards never come to the aid of their master, to whom they swore eternal loyalty? No one says anything. And I answer myself... <laughs> They must have believed me broken. They thought I was gone. They slipped back among my enemies and they pleaded innocence and ignorance and bewitchment. And then I ask myself, <laughs> but how could they have believed I would not rise again? They who know the steps I took long ago to guard myself against mortal death. Stop in your tracks. They know. They do forefront. not, though. I don't understand this. This is, like, the biggest plot hole to me in this whole series. In the whole series, Katie, Deathly Hallows comes around. Right-hand bitch does not know that it, anything is a horcrux. She does not yeah. know. Same thing with Lucius with the yes! diary. He doesn't know what it is. I'm sorry I'm getting so emotional. They absolutely do not know that it's know horcruxes. It took long ago. Maybe they just know that he did something. That's what it has to be. But the fact that it is, like, being presented as they know that he's made horcruxes. Well, and then he says, They who had seen proofs of the immensity of my power in the times when I was mightier than any wizard living. Yes, well, that's just him being his best. <laughs> but the the immortality thing is wild to me. Yeah. Because what, what else? It wasn't like he was ever going after the Sorcerer's Stone until he had to. Right. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. No one knows this. It's a secret. That's the point. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they have to just know that like he did something. It's the it's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing. I don't get thing. it. Yeah. They who knew the steps I took long ago to guard myself against mortal death. But it's not like he's just saying, you know that I took steps. He's saying, you knew the steps, the steps. that I took. I don't know. But I refuse to believe it. That has to just be like a bad error. Right. Because then she doesn't want, she doesn't want anyone to know as the books continue and we learn about Horcruxes. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, I I feel like it's pretty clear in Chamber of Secrets, right? That Lucius doesn't know what the diary is. Dumbledore says it. He didn't know the power that he was holding. Yeah. Well, he knew that, he probably knew that it would open the chamber, right? Yes, I'm positive that he said something like that, but but not But he didn't know that it, like, held a piece of his soul. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, sorry, I was just thinking, I'm like, no, well, he would have never instructed him to use it, because I was like, well, what if he did it when he was, like, still there? It's just gonna be, like, two... Two thoughts walking around at the same time. <laughs> no, because he would have never told him to do that if he was alive. So it's what all was Lucius's e- motivation for even opening the chamber in the first? Place? I think just getting rid of it. 
I think he just wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. Ooh, yikes. He does all these, like, half-assed attempts at, like, evil stuff. God. It's in this book with the Quidditch cup, too. Yep. So, okay. They who had seen proofs of the immensity of my power in the times when I was mightier than any wizard living. And I answer myself. <laughs> Perhaps they believed a still greater power could exist. One that could vanquish even Lord Voldemort. Perhaps they now pay allegiance to another. Perhaps that champion of commoners, of mudbloods and muggles, <laughs> Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> um, it is a disappointment to me. I confess myself disappointed. <laughs> and then someone flings himself forward and asks him to forgive. And he crucios them. Get up, Avery. You ask for forgiveness? I do not forgive. I do not forget. <laughs> thirteen long years. I want thirteen years repayment before I so forgive petty. you. I will say this really quick, though. Yeah. Reading this part, I am impressed with how many of the lines directly that they did keep in the they movie did. from this part. They did. Even if they cut few. out a lot, it's, like, exciting to I know that they, they did keep them. I confess myself disappointed. Not one of you tried to buy. Lucius's lines are the same, too, when he speaks. Yeah. Um, Wormtail here has paid some of his debt already. <laughs> some Have you of not, Wormtail? Dead. You return to me not out of loyalty, but out of fear of your old friends. You deserve this pain, Wormtail. You know that, don't you? <laughs> oh, you're such a bitch. <laughs> Yet you helped return me to my body. Worthless and traitorous, traitorous as you are, you helped me. <laughs> oh, and Lord God. Voldemort rewards his helpers. Oh, my God. He even refers to himself in, like... Constantly. Lord Voldemort constantly rewards his... Doesn't he do that in Chamber of Secrets, too? I think so, Yeah. Stop. God, he's so dramatic. He constantly refers to himself in the third person. It's so I hate gross. him. <laughs> I hate him. So then he gives Wormtail his silvery hand. And he says, <laughs> May your loyalty never waver again, Wormtail. When he gives him that That's hand. a curse. That's a curse. He just spoke a curse. Yes. Wow. Wow! He says it immediately after he gives it to him. This book is so fucking bomb. I know. I will say it right now, and I will take it back. I love J.K. Rowling. <laughs> what a master storyteller. I love All her at the, the time that she wrote these books. <laughs> All the details. She had to have had this all planned out. Absolutely. Before she wrote a single word. I. It's crazy. Wow. So then he's walking around the circle, staring, watching all the people, and then he goes to Lucius. Mm -hmm. Lucius, my slippery friend, <laughs> I am told that you have not renounced the old ways, though to the world you present a respectable face. You are still ready to take the lead in a spot of muggle torture, I believe. Yet you never tried to find me, Lucius. Your exploits at the Quidditch World Cup were fun, I dare say. But might not your energies have been better directed toward finding and aiding your master? And then Lucius says, My lord, I was constantly on the alert. Had there been any sign from you, any whisper of your whereabouts, I would have been at your side immediately. Nothing could have prevented me. And yet you ran away from my mark when a faithful Death Eater sent it into the sky last summer, said Voldemort lazily. I love his tood. This is what I'm saying. It's like, when we watch this, I remember this scene as being the good one, but it's like, he is fucking manic. Like, he is... Yeah. 
panicky. But in like he's this part, weird. he's just like brushing everyone off and he is like, does oh yeah, you say you're loyal, but like then you ran away. He's so dramatic. Oh my god. god. <laughs> yes, I know all about that, Lucius. You have disappointed me. I expect more faithful service in the future. The Lestranges should stand here, but they are entombed in Azkaban. They were <laughs> faithful. They went to Azkaban rather than renounce me. When Azkaban is broken open, the Lestranges will be honored beyond their dreams. The Dementors will join us. They are our natural allies. We will recall the banished giants. I have... I shall have all my devoted servants return to me and an army of creatures whom all fear. McNair, destroying dangerous beasts for the Ministry of Magic now, Wormtail tells me. You shall have better victims than that soon, McNair. Lord Voldemort will provide. <laughs> and here we have Crab. You will do better this time, will you not, Crab? And you, Goyle? The same goes for you, not. And then one of them is like, oh, I'm your most faithful. And he's like, that will do. <laughs> And here we have six missing Death Eaters, three dead in my service, one too cowardly to return. Karkaroff. Yeah, he will pay. One who I believe has left me forever. Snape. Snape. He will be killed, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and one who remains my most faithful servant and who has already re-entered my service. Freddy Crouch. Freddy Crouch. He is at Hogwarts, that faithful servant. But Oh, but he sets it up to make you think it's yes. Snape right now. He is at Hogwarts, that faithful servant, and it was through his efforts that our young friend arrived here tonight. Even Karkaroff. Snape or Karkaroff, I think. Yeah, they're all at Hogwarts Is right who now. you would think it was. Yeah. Yes, Harry Potter has kindly joined us for my rebirthing party. <laughs> One might go as far as to say, he's my guest of honor. I hate him. <laughs> I can't stand him. And then Lucius is like, we crave to know. We beg you to tell us how you have achieved this. Oh, what a story it is, Lucius. What a story. And, and it begins and ends with my young friend here. Oh, God. God, I thought we were getting to the end of his speech, and Hell this is just the no. beginning of it. Hell no. Do you want me to keep going? Yes, and okay. I would like to say this, too, is that, like, you know, I don't want to interrupt you once you get going, so I'll say it now. Okay. I just love that he does not know what happened with the Chamber of Secrets stuff. Yes! I'm when do you think he finds out about Obsessed. That? I have no idea. Probably fifth book when he throws Lucius in jail. Yeah. <laughs> They've, he's broken... He up twice. He's broken that prison apart, and then he's thrown Lucius into it. Yes. I, can't, I can't stand it. I just, like, it's so exciting to me, and I just, like, not to have... Endgame spoilers, but I just like if Ginny got the face off she deserved to have a you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. Yes, I would. Ah, ah. It's the worst thing in the world to me that he has like destroyed her in a way that is like incomprehensible. Yeah, and he does not even know who she is. God, fuck! I wish she had. Him. I do too. I, I mean, she gets too. the dual Bellatrix, and that's cool. But like, whatever, God. whatever. I do not give two shits about Bellatrix. I, I wanted either. her to have one glorious face off. And you know that I love Neville, but if she, or she had gotten to kill Nagini, I would have lost my. Or mind. just any of like, she should have been able to destroy one of the Horcruxes. She should have been able to destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> she just like pushes Harry out of the way and God. murders him on yes. the spot. No cowardly expelliarmus here. No, oh fully God. straight. Oh I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> she deserves that. She deserved to. But I just like I I am obsessed. That he does not know what's happening with the Horcruxes until it's too late, basically. Right. Yes. I can't oh, take God. it. I just think, I think it is so good. I think it's so good that he doesn't God, know. God, do you think Lucius is so scared? Yes! When he comes back to be like, oh shit, he's gonna find out. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Or maybe not, maybe he finds out when he's like... When he figures out that they're, like, starting to go after Horcruxes and Lucius Malfoy has to be like, um, I got rid of that diary and it got fucked up. Well, and he, then, because yeah. he looks like he's dying in the seventh book anyway. So yeah. maybe that's when he found out. Right. I don't Ooh, think he'd God. volunteer that information. No, I don't either. I'm going to go ahead and make place my bets on him finding out in Deathly Hallows when he's trying to round up his Horcruxes to keep him safe. Okay. That's, I'm placing my bets. Okay. <laughs> it would have to be either there or at the end of order, I think. Yes. I don't know if he would find out about that when But he is Lucius so, he's ministry. got such a big head that, like, he's hidden them all so well. No one will find them. Yeah. That I don't think he'd bother to, like, to check, to check on them. Yeah. Why bother? Yeah. Isn't that a part, or am I making it up in the last one? That he does go to the lake and sees that it's been taken and flips a tit? Or is that just my dream? No, he does. He goes to the cave. Yeah. For the locket. Yeah, yeah he, he goes does. and he okay. sees that, it, it, that it's gone. And he loses his mind. That's a little vision thing Harry has. Right? In the last yeah. one? Yeah. So yeah, it's, like, it's like, like happening crazy. while they're like at Hogwarts. Like Harry keeps like going into his mind and he's like, oh, he's crossing the lake on the boat. Oh. And then he like pulls out for a little bit and then he comes back in and he's like, oh, he's looking into the basin and it's gone. Yeah. Shit. But like in that part, he's like, I don't have to worry about the one at Hogwarts though. Like that's what like tells Harry to go to Hogwarts because yes. while he's checking on all the other ones, he's like, at least I know the Hogwarts one is safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, are we ready for this story? Yes, yes. Tell his story, his amazing, beautiful story. <sighs> Should I try to be as dramatic as possible? Please do. Okay. Read it like what's her name? <laughs> like who? Like what's her name? The girl with the story on The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course, that they have called this boy my downfall. You all know that on the night I lost my powers and my body, I tried to kill him. His mother died in the attempt to save him and unwittingly provided him with a protection I admit I had not foreseen. I could not touch the boy. His mother left upon him the traces of her sacrifice. This is old magic. I should have remembered it. I was foolish to overlook it. But no matter. I can touch him now. <laughs> I miscalculated, my friends. I admit it. My curse was deflected by the woman's foolish sacrifice, and it rebounded upon myself. Ah, pain beyond pain, my friends. <laughs> Nothing could have prepared me for it. I was ripped from my body. I was less than spirit. Less than the meanest ghost. But still... I was <laughs> Thank you. What I was What I was even I do not know. I who have gone further than anybody along the path that leads to immortality. Oh my god. He keeps talking about that. I'm gonna scream. You know my goal to conquer death. And now 
And now I was tested, and it appeared that one or more of my experiments had worked, for I had not been killed, though the curse should have done it. Maybe they just know that he was experimenting with immortality. Well, yeah. Uh, Nevertheless, I was as powerless as the weakest creature alive, and without the means to help myself, for I had no body, and every spell that might have helped me required the use of a wand. I remember only forcing myself, sleeplessly, endlessly, second by second, to exist. (laughs) I settled in a faraway place, in a forest, and I waited. Surely one of my faithful Death Eaters would try and find me. One of them would come and perform the magic I could not, to restore me to a body. But I waited in vain. Only one power remained to me. I could possess the bodies of others, but I dared not go where other humans were plentiful, for I knew that the ores were still abroad and searching for me. I sometimes inhabited animals, snakes of course being my preference, but I was little better off inside them than as pure spirit, for their bodies were ill-adapted to perform magic, and my possession of them shortened their lives. None of them lasted long. Then, four years ago... The means for my return seemed assured. A wizard, young, foolish, and gullible, wandered across my path into the forest I had made my home. Press some wild flowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he seemed the very chance I had been dreaming of, for he was a teacher at Dumbledore School. He was easy to bend to my will. You went there. Call it Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> he brought me back to this country, and after a while I took possession of his body to supervise him closely as he carried out my orders. <laughs> But my plan failed. I did not manage to seal the Sorcerer's Stone. I was not not to be assured immortal life. I was thwarted, once again, by Harry Potter. The servant died when I left his body, and I was left as weak as ever I had been. I returned to my hiding place far away, and I will not pretend to you that I didn't then fear that I might never regain my powers. Yes, that was perhaps my darkest hour. (laughs) I could not hope that I would be sent another wizard to possess, and I had given up hope now that any of my Death Eaters cared what had become of me. And then, not even a year ago, when I had almost abandoned hope, it happened at last. A servant returned to me. Wormtail here, who had faked his own death to escape justice, was driven out of hiding by those he had once counted friends and decided to return to his master. He sought me in the country where it had long been rumored I was hiding, helped, of course, by the rats he met along the way. (laughs) Wormtail has a curious affinity with rats, do you not, Wormtail? His filthy little friends told him (laughs) there was a place deep in an Albanian forest that they avoided, where small animals like themselves had met their deaths by a dark shadow that possessed them. But his journey back to me was not smooth, was it, Wormtail? For, hungry one night, on the edge of the very forest where he had hoped to find me, he foolishly stopped at an inn for some food, and who should he meet there but one Bertha Jorkins, a witch from the Ministry of Magic. Now see the way that fate favors Lord Voldemort. This might have been the end of Wormtail, and of my last hope for regeneration, but Wormtail, displaying a presence in mind I would have never expected from him, (laughs) convinced Bertha Jorkins to accompany him on a nighttime stroll. He overpowered her. He brought her to me. And Bertha Jorkins, who might have ruined all, proved instead to be a gift beyond my wildest dreams, for, with a little persuasion, she she became a veritable mine of information. She told me that the Triwizard Tournament would be played at Hogwarts this year. She told me that she knew of a faithful Death Eater who would be only too willing to help me if I could only contact him. She told me many things, but the means I used to break the memory charm upon her were powerful, and when I had extracted all useful information from her, her mind and body were both damaged beyond repair. She had now served her purpose. I could not possess her. I disposed of her. Oh, God, he's Her body, too? Yeah. Ew. 
Wormtail's body, of course, was ill-adapted for possession, <laughs> as all assumed him dead and would attract far too much attention if noticed. However, he was the able-bodied servant I needed, and, though poor wizard he is, <laughs> Wormtail was able to follow the instructions I gave him, which would return me to a rudimentary, weak body of my own. A body I would be able to inhabit while awaiting the essential ingredients for true rebirth, a spell or two of my own invention, a little help from my dear Nagini, a potion concocted from unicorn blood and the snake venom the venom. game provided. Venom. Venom? Not milk. Venom. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Nature Center, for teaching me. Oh God. Idiots. What milking a snake Idiots! <laughs> no snake titties. No snake tits. I was soon returned to an almost human form and strong enough to travel. Almost? Try again, I was boss, a baby. baby. <laughs> Try again, boss. That is not almost. That is like 10% person. <laughs> there was no hope of sealing the Sorcerer's Stone anymore, for I knew that Dumbledore would have seen to it that it was destroyed. But I was willing to embrace mortal life again, before chasing immortality. I set my sights lower. I would settle for my old body back again, and my old strength. I knew that to achieve this, it is an old piece of dark magic, the potion that revived me tonight. I would need three powerful ingredients. Well, one of them was already at hand. Was it not Wormtail? Flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> Flesh given by a servant. My father's bone naturally meant that we would have to come here where he was buried. But the blood of a foe. Wormtail would have had me use any wizard, would you not, Wormtail? Any wizard who had hated me, as so many of them still do. <laughs> okay. But I knew the one I must use if I was to rise again more powerful than I had been when I had fallen. I wanted Harry Potter's blood. Yeah, he's real smart. God. He's a real smarty, though. Is he? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's killer now. He can do whatever he wants. This is what causes his downfall, though, is taking his blood. This is what causes downfall? Yeah, that's what Dumbledore says. Why? I don't remember why. <laughs> I don't remember this. I, I just, just remember Dumbledore wands. saying... Because it, it continues to not work for him even after he has a different wand. He still isn't able to kill him. Oh. And that's Dumbledore, the Dumbledore explains it in King's Cross. Oh, shit. I like, can't it was, wait to read it this It was book. a mistake of him to take your blood. Shit. So, I wanted the blood of the one who had stripped me of power 13 years ago. Oh, because it also says, too, okay, later when Harry is telling Dumbledore, like, everything that happens and he tells him he took his blood, it says for a split th second he thought he saw a look of triumph on Dumbledore's face when he finds mm. out he took his blood. Yeah. So I think right. Dumbledore knows that, like, that was not a good move. I don't remember. I don't part. know why, though. I don't remember We'll why. find out three I guess books so. from now. I guess so. God, fake fans. <laughs> <laughs> but how do I get at Harry Potter? For he has been better protected than I think even he knows. Protected in ways devised by Dumbledore long ago, when it fell to him to arrange the boy's future. Dumbledore invoked an ancient magic to ensure the, bo the boy's protection as long as he is in his relation's care. Not even I can touch him there. Then, of course, there was the Quidditch World Cup. I thought his protection might be weaker there, away from his relations in Dumbledore, but I was not yet strong enough to attempt kidnap in the midst of a horde of ministry wizards. And then the boy would return to Hogwarts, where he is under the crooked nose of that muggle-loving fool from morning until <laughs> night. So how could I take him? Why, by using Bertha Jorkin's information, of course. Jesus. Use my one faithful Death Eater, stationed at Hogwarts, to ensure that the boy's name was entered into the Goblet of Fire. Use my Death Eater to ensure that the boy won the tournament, that he touched the Triwizard Cup first, the cup which my Death Eater had turned into a portkey, which would bring him here, beyond the reach of Dumbledore's help and protection, and into my waiting arms. And here he is, the boy you all believed had been my downfall. And then he 
Crucio's him. And then he... Does he touch him? Or did he already do that? He already did that. When he's like, I can touch him now. I just wanted to... He, like, softly touches his cheek. He, like, caresses his cheek with a single finger. It's disgusting! God. He's so sexy. He's, like, so <laughs> gentle is, like, yeah, the I upsetting know. part to me. Right. But it's it's a million times better than the movie. Fuck. I... Yeah, I don't... It's... 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 He does not get what he deserves in these movies, man. Fuck Johnny Depp. Fuck Johnny Depp. <laughs> I felt like he... Voldemort deserved it. Come on. Let him be good. He's so dumb. Ugh. Oh, and then he finishes by saying, You see, I yes. think how... You see, I think, how foolish it was to suppose that this boy could have ever been stronger than me. But I want there to be no mistake in anybody's mind. Harry Potter escaped me by a lucky chance, and I'm now <laughs> going to prove my power by killing him, here and now, in front of you all, when there is no Dumbledore to help him and no mother to die for him. I will give him his chance. He will be allowed to fight, and you will be left in no doubt which of us is the stronger. Just a little longer, Nagini. Now untie him, Wormtail, and give him back his wand. And that's how this chapter ends. Let okay. me see if I have anything. No, I have questions for after. Okay. Okay, so then next chapter, Priori Incantatum. <laughs> so unsure. <laughs> okay, so, ah, oh, even here, he's like, ah, oh, you gotta be polite, Harry. You've yeah. been taught how to duel, Harry Potter. I love this. And Harry's like, oh crap, oh crap, what do I know? I don't know anything. Uh, Expelliarmus, I learned He's that. Like, okay, was, that's what I'm like using. It seems like a million years ago that I had the dueling club. Yes. So, we bow to each other. I... Come, the niceties must be observed. Dumbledore would like you to show your manners. Bow to death, Harry. <laughs> Jesus, creasons. Alright, I have a question now. Okay. That we've officially discussed that they're about to duel, if yeah. you can call it that. Why do you think Voldemort wants to duel Harry? To prove that he's stronger. Yeah, I think just to, like, mock him. Yeah. Because he's a child. Right. And of course he's not stronger than him. For all the drama. For all the drama. He knows he doesn't It's a fucking pageant. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. This is his talent portion. God. <laughs> yeah, I think he just wants to uh, humiliate him. Yeah. Completely humiliate him. I mean, that's the point of all this stuff that's about to happen with the Imperious Curse Literally and everything. everything. He just wants to humiliate him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and Harry is, like, not having any of it. He's no. like, I'm not, I'm not gonna let him play with me before he eats me. <laughs> <laughs> Kills me. Oh my god. Um, but then Voldemort uses the Imperious Curse and forces him to. Um, very good. And now you face me like a man, straight-backed and proud, the way your father died. Ugh. And now we duel. <laughs> and then he uses the Cruciatus curse. Yep. <laughs> and then he's like, that hurt, didn't it, Harry? Oh, I can't You don't want me to do him. it again, do you? He's talking to him like he's a toddler. He is. God. He also kind of sounds like a sexual predator. You don't want me to do that again, do you? Ew! <laughs> Ugh. I asked you whether you want me to do that again. Answer me. Imperio. And then Harry fights it and yells, I won't. And then Voldemort's like, 
Oh, no one's laughing now. No one's laughing now. He's like, you won't say no? Harry, obedience is a virtue I need to teach you before you die. Perhaps Jesus another little dose of pain. Christ. But then Harry runs behind the, the headstone. This is his this is his shit, is that he like needs to play with his food. Yeah. Don't just fucking kill him. Right. God. He has to make a show of it. We're not playing hide and seek, Harry. <laughs> This is why he loses every time, is because he doesn't just do it and get the job done. He has to be a dramatic piece of shit He does. It is, this book is, like, the craziest, like, James Bond villaining that I've ever seen with the speeches that have to be made. Like, I can't believe, I always forget that, like, before the Veritaserum part, like, Crouch fully, like, outs himself. Yeah. Before, like, they even do anything. Like, what is wrong with you? Why do you have to tell? You could just kill him. You don't have to talk. You don't have to let him know. He doesn't need to know. Why does he need to know? I can't. Oh, the sentence where she says before Voldemort could stick his face around the headstone. <gasps> that freaks me out. Like I someone really, just like really peeking around like the corner. That. I don't like that at all. Especially because I imagine it as being like I don't know, like headstones can be smallish. Yeah. So like I imagine him like really stooping and swooping. Like yes, it's I very know. deeply upsetting. It's really That creepy. imagery is the worst. Oh, she's the so worst. Good with it's it. like a fucking nightmare. It's so scary. Him and his fucking, like, evil moon face. Because he'd also just be, like, grinning real creepy. It would be like the Joker. I can't stand. I can't stand it. It's oh, so scary. So oh, this book is good. <laughs> so then they, uh, they both, Harry shouts Expelliarmus and Voldemort does a cover at the same time and their Harry's lights are so connected. Brave. He's like, I am, I am gonna die. I'm He's gonna like, die like a man, like my dad did. I'm like, yeah. your dad dropped his wand on the couch and tried to fist fight Voldemort. <laughs> like, I don't really know how similar this is. It's not similar in the slightest. <laughs> he tried to fist fight <laughs> God. <laughs> the most James Potter thing he's ever done. <laughs> so oh then their God. wands connect. Yes. And they're lifted into the air. Yes. I forget about that. I will but say that would have been a little up. goofy in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it would have, like, made it not as intense. I think it would have just been cheesy. Yes. But they do have, like, the, the casing around yes. them yes, in the movie. Do. So I appreciate that. So the Death Eaters aren't able to do anything. Um, and then people start coming out of Voldemort's wand. In reverse order, and let's settle this, because I always see a lot of, like, stuff about the James and Lily thing, mm-hmm. about them coming out wrong. Oh, really? So, let's go through. We've got Cedric. We've got Cedric. And then we've got Frank Bryce. hmm And then Bertha Jorkins. Yes. And then Lily comes out first. Which is right. Which is correct. Because he killed James and then Lily. Then it's in the movie that the problem happens. Yes. I guess. Because I always hear drama about this. Yeah. So it must be the movie. Well, in the movie, don't they come out, like, at the same time? I don't remember. Well, we'll see We'll soon. see. 
But in the book, it is correct. Lily comes out mm-hmm. before okay. James does. Then James. And is that it? Yeah. That's all of them. So then James tells Harry, um, we will linger for a moment to give you time. The port key will take you back to Hogwarts. Frank Bryce saying, oh, guess he really was a wizard. Yeah. Is the funniest thing about I this know. whole thing to me. <laughs> you give him hell, kid. Like, it's just ridiculous. You fight him, boy. <laughs> and Bertha stand. Jorkins is like, don't let him get to you, Harry. <laughs> okay, Bertha. You gossip hound. <laughs> Oh, God. And then Cedric asks Harry to take his body back. That's my son! Shit! That's my boy! So, yeah, then Harry breaks the connection and uh, runs to Cedric's body first and then grabs the cup and they go back. Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! My are just on it today. Oh boy. <laughs> and then he's back. And then he's back. So we are done with one of two exciting moments of this section. Let me see if I have any more Voldemort questions. Voldemort. Okay. I do. Okay. I do. Okay. Uh, another from Pottermore. Is Harry more lucky than he is skilled in magic? And I think this is a question that's come up before. Is Harry more lucky than skilled? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a good mix of, like, skill and luck. Does he only ever use one spell against Voldemort? I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> I think he does. Is this what he uses against him in the fifth one, too? I don't think he ever has a chance to put a spell against him. Yeah. Probably not until the seventh book. Because we know during the sky battle of the seventh book, Harry does use Expelliarmus and Lupin gets like (laughs) pissed at him for it. He's like, that's your trademark. (laughs) You can't do that with them now. If you don't want to kill, you have to at least like stun them. Which will kill them. Yes, because they'll fall off their brooms and fall a million feet. I think that he honestly only does ever use a spell against Voldemort. Oh yeah, because Lupin is like, Harry, you can't just expel Yarmus him, and Harry's like, it worked for me. I sure as fuck will, yeah. (laughs) And he sure does. He can't use magic against me if he doesn't have his wand. Except Voldemort can, because he can do wandless magic. Ugh, my word. I don't know. Because I don't want to say that it's all luck. Like, I think there is a certain amount of skill involved. I think that he's talented, but, like, in these moments, I don't, okay, maybe it's not luck. I just think that he has, like, the, like, he has, like, correct instincts. And even if it's not magical skills, he he's, like, instinctually very smart. Yes. In these, like, life or death situations. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Because you can't, you can't get lucky seven years in a row. Uh, Not in a defeating Voldemort kind of way. No. Yeah. So I would say, like, instinctually he's great, um, but, like, he's not really doing much, like, magical skill. They're not ever dueling. No. Ever. (laughs) No, it's mostly just, like... They're just hurling shit at each other, and then it never works. Yeah. (laughs) That's basically what it is. They can't duel. Ever. Yeah. It doesn't work. 
Right. I think period. Like it just, they can't, they can't. Yeah. And then I have another question that um, I think is a really interesting one to pose now when we really don't know that much, in quotes, because we do know okay. everything. Um, this one's from Scholastic, my only Scholastic question, because there were a lot of repeats. Okay. <laughs> um, do you believe that Harry is um, living out a destiny, or do you think that he's able to act of his own free will? Ooh... This is the weird stuff about, like, the prophecy, whatever, which I'm sure we're really going to get into in at the, the end of the next book. Yeah. But. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I don't, I don't want to say it's destiny, but at the same time, like, it's not like he's choosing for this to happen. Like, it always just. And I don't even know. I don't even know if it can completely be destiny. I don't know if it's free will when Dumbledore is pulling all the strings. Right. He's just kind of like sitting there between Voldemort and Dumbledore while they do stuff, and then he just kind of has to act. But he's yeah. got a box within which he's able to act in because of how right. they've set it up for him. Yeah. But it's not like he would choose for this. No. So it's, it's not his own free will. I don't know. That's a really interesting question. That though. is a really one interesting question. One that we should question. continue to we come back to. We should revisit it. Each book. Because obviously we find out that, like, yeah, this is his destiny to, like, have to. Mm -hmm. But right now it's really unclear. Because it's like Dumbledore couldn't have even predicted that, like, this was going to happen right now, too. Yeah. Like, this was all just, like, special timing. It's, like, mm -hmm. coincidental. Special timing. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so those are my questions. Let's get to this Freddy Crouch shit. All right. Veritas Serum. So, Harry arrives back at Hogwarts. Um, there is a torrent of sound that is confusing him and deafening him. Voices everywhere, footsteps and screams. Um, Dumbledore is there right away, like, crouching over him. And Harry is just, like, whispering to Dumbledore. He's like, Voldemort's back. And then Fudge comes and yells that Cedric is dead. God. Or he doesn't yell it, he... He whispers it to Dumbledore. But then a lot of other people are, like, shouting it out. He's dead. Cedric's dead. So then Fudge is trying to get Harry to let go of Cedric, and Harry's, like, refusing to. Oh, my God. And Dumbledore is like, no, Harry, you can't help him. You have to let go. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. And Harry's like, he wanted me to bring him back. He told me to bring him back. And Dumbledore's like, yep, that's right. But, like, you've done that, and now you have to let go. So then Fudge is like, he needs to go to the hospital wing, and Dumbledore's like, no, no, I want, I want no, him to stay so, by me. No, something weird's going on. <laughs> He's, Dumbledore's like, no, I don't, I don't want him out of my sight. And then nope. Moody takes him, mm -hmm. and Harry's like, Dumbledore, Dumbledore said to stay here. <laughs> and Moody's <laughs> like, no, I'm telling you to come lay down. <laughs> so he takes him upstairs and is like asking Harry what happened, and so he's telling him like, kind of in little short phrases again took me and cedric to the graveyard voldemort was there he killed cedric made a potion got his body back and then the death eaters came and we dueled and so then he has him drink a potion a little pepper up yeah to wake the fuck so. up 
Voldemort's back, Harry. You're sure he's back? Um, he took stuff from his father's grave and from Wormtail and from me. What did he take from you? He took my blood. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Shut up. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, David Tennant. <laughs> and then the Death Eaters, they returned? Yeah, said Harry, loads of them. How did he treat them? Did he forgive them? Oh my god. This is when it starts this to This is fishy. when he loses it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Harry remembers, there's a Death Eater at Hogwarts. Like, they're the one who put my name in. They had to make sure I got through. And Moody's like, <laughs> like yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know. But how did he treat them? <laughs> yeah, and then Harry's like, what, Karkaroff? It's Karkaroff, isn't it? Like, where is he? What's happened? And Moody's like, Karkaroff? Nah, he fled. He got scared and left. <laughs> but then Harry's like, he's gone? But then he didn't put my name in. And then Moody's just like, oh, no, it was me. I did that. <laughs> oh, 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 you didn't know? <laughs> No one told you. <laughs> and Harry's like, no, you didn't. You didn't do that. You can't have. And Moody's like, I assure you, I did. I assure you. <laughs> He's all about the drama, too. He can't help it. Oh, he just wants to be him so bad. He lists off all the things Sam had come. And I'm like, okay, yeah, somebody else has already got this spot. It's Harry. <laughs> And then he's like, so he forgave them then, the Death Eaters who went Jesus free. And Christ. Harry's like, what? And he's like, I asked you. He can't fucking let it go. Whether he forgave the scum who never went to look for him. Oh Those God. treacherous cowards who wouldn't even brave Azkaban for him. The faithless, worthless bits of filth who were brave enough to cavort in masks at the Quidditch World Cup, but fled at the sight of the Dark Mark when I fired it into the sky. Yes. <laughs> That's and exactly this, how he says it, any, too. Any doubt that we had about this wrong place, wrong time thing is out the fucking window. Because he's like, I looked for him. Yeah. I went. I, I looked for him. I told you, Harry, if there's one thing I hate more than anything else, it's a Death Eater who walked free. Shit. He outed himself so early on. That's the crazy shit. I love him so much. <laughs> I can't stand it. Did he we, already told Harry all of this. Did we talk about, um, in our, like, kind of, like, redoing fan cast whatever thing of Harry Potter, did I say that I would want Macaulay Culkin to be Barty Crouch Jr.? No, but that would be perfect. Because, like, I just, like, when it's him, like, just doing dead face and dead voice and just, like, sitting there like that, I was like... God, God, I have the best casting in the world. <laughs> Just like, he would he'd be, be so, so good. good. He'd be so good. Oh my God. <laughs> he's so cool. So he's like, oh God, I just love like the way he talks to Harry. He's like, Harry, I already told you this. Yeah, he's it's so like he, like, it's like he, he wanted him to shit. figure it out sooner. I, he, that's, he's fucking nuts. Yes. That he wanted him to know. He's like, I cannot believe you didn't figure this out. I was dropping clues that it was me this whole time. Absolutely wild. He's so cool and creepy. <laughs> he's the best. So now he's like, I expected him to punish them. Tell me how he hurt them, Harry. Tell me he told them that I alone remained faithful, prepared to risk everything to deliver to him the one thing he wanted above all. I know that I'm going to take it back when we read the next one, but like right now, my heart is like screaming, he's better than Umbridge. Yeah. (laughs) 
He's so good and so overlooked. He's just, he's, it's hard to compare the two of them because they are like different kinds of villains. Absolutely. Like it's not even like it's just like two Death Eaters that can be compared and like mm-hmm. all which one's the best. It's like they're villains in their own way. Yes. They're villains on both sides of the battle. Well, Barty Crouch Jr. is the best Death Eater, period. Yes. 100%. Like there's no question. No. He's the the best, the he coolest. Is. Yes. But I just like, I just think right now, because you know, everybody's like, it's it's Voldemort and Umbridge are like the ones. But right now I'm like, um, Barty Crouch Jr. is the one. Yes. <laughs> like, excuse he's me, so please. Good. The best of the best. So good. So Ooh. then, yeah, he's he's just, like, explaining everything he did. Who put... Do you want me to just read this whole No, that's here? fine. I, I think I'm more interested in hearing the Veritaserum part all okay. read out. So he just says that he, he put his name in by he saying that it was in. under a different school. He which he him. said in at the beginning. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and that he told Hagrid about the dragon so that he would tell you... I told Cedric Diggory about, about the, the egg, egg, knowing that he would tell you, and that he says good people are so easy to manipulate. Yes. Jesus Christ, he's dead, you piece of shit. <laughs> and then he says that he put the he put the he fucking put the book, book with Neville. Your pride was too big to ask your friends for help. You absolute idiot. So I had to send the house elf after you. Yeah. And then I put it in the maze and I turned it into a porky and I followed you and I blasted all the stuff out of your way. I did it God. all because I love him. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking crazy. He is. He's just losing his mind. And he's like taunting Harry about the lake too. He's like, oh, there was one second that I thought I had failed. It was because you were so dumb in that lake. But luckily (laughs) Dumbledore took your idiocy for nobility. Yes. And then he starts saying some whack shit that like every Death Eater thinks but is completely wrong about. That he's like, imagine how much he's going to be in love with me because I'm going to kill you. Right. I'm going to kill you for him. And I'm going to be like praised and heralded as the best death eater ever because everybody else is a piece of shit. And I'm the number one and I'm going to kill you. That is never, ever, ever what he wants ever. No. Ever. He wants to be the one to do it. He has to be. It's his one like thing that he's done wrong. Yeah. He has to be the one to kill him. And I think it's so funny that every time it's like Bellatrix thinks that too. There's like a bunch of the Death Eaters are just like, well, we'll kill, we'll kill Harry Potter. No, you dumb idiots. He does not want you to do that. He'll kill you. I can't stand it. But what I like about this is that we get this like um, the the foreshadowing or whatever about the faux glass and that Moody's not paying attention. Both eyes are locked on Harry and Harry over his shoulder is watching and he sees three people coming and then all of a sudden like sees who they are and the door busts open. Yeah. It's so It's so good. Oh my God. Can he even tell who the people are? I think he can after the fact. Yeah. Because they shove him um, like up against the cabinet underneath it and you see it's McGonagall, Dumbledore, and Snape all staring down at him. Yeah. In the faux glass. Oh, God. <gasps> it's so cool. Shit. It's so cool. Okay, let's keep going with the interrogation and yeah, stuff. So then they come in. And it, it's like, I love in this moment, too, that Harry's like, I finally get why people say that Voldemort yes. was scared of Dumbledore, because he's fucking pissed yes. in this part. Yes. I love, like, Dumbledore is so fucking cool at the end of this book, I can't even stand it. I know. I, oh, so I love him so much. He's so angry. Oh, man, he's good. 
Okay, take us, keep taking okay. us through. So McGonagall tries to take Harry out, and Dumbledore's like, nah, he needs to stay, he needs to understand. Yes, he's so serious about it. He is. Understanding is the first step to acceptance, and only with acceptance can there be recovery. Hmm. Um, and Dumbledore is like, this, <laughs> this isn't Moody. The real Moody would not have removed you from my sight after what happened tonight. So the moment he took you, I knew, and I followed. And he brought McGonagall and Snape with him, because he always brings McGonagall and Snape with him. They're like his two right-hand men. <laughs> So McGonagall just, and Snape run the school. They do. <laughs> With Dumbledore just being their little side fling. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are the words coming out of your mouth? I don't know. So McGonagall stays, or does he send her to go do something? Because he asks Snape um, to go get the potion. He asks Snape to go get the truth potion and to bring Winky up. Yes. And then he tells McGonagall to go down to Hagrid's oh, and take Sirius to his office. Yes. But then they both come back. He tells them both to come back. So they're both there when, okay. they, when yeah, he yeah, actually yeah. tells the story, I think. Are they? Yes. Yeah, so then Dumbledore starts opening up the trunk, and it's it's just, like, a mass of stuff, and, but then the bottom pit is, like, where you actually mm-hmm. find the real Mad-Eye, and we find out that he has been making Polyjuice Potion, because yes. he has all the chunks of his hair gone, and Dumbledore's like, it's really brilliant, because Moody really doesn't ever drink from anything yep. except his hip flask for real. It, um, it was perfect. It was the perfect choice. It was the perfect plan. Um, and so then he's like, but I think he probably forgot to take it tonight because it was such an exciting night. And then they start <laughs> to see him transform it's into scary. Barty Crouch Jr. The eye and the leg and all of it. Yeah. It just like all like pops off. Nasty, nasty, Ew. nasty. So then McGonagall and Snape come back with Winky and Snape oh, is like, Barty Crouch. <laughs> <laughs> and Winky's like, what are you doing here? Winky She's like, you so killed sad. him! He's dead! And Dumbledore's like, no, nah, he's just stunned. So then they pour the potion down his throat, and then he wakes him up. I love how, like, deadpan he is. Or, like, monotone. He is, It's just like, like he's just, like, oh word vomiting, and it's just coming out, and just, it's like, amazing. so expressionless. It's so good. Until the moments that he smiles. Yes. It's so So upsetting. scary! So upsetting. All right. Oh, God. Let's get into it. I'm so ready. This is the best. Okay. I would like you to tell us how you came to be here. How did you escape from Azkaban? Do you want I me to like read to this? I would like to say this too, yes. Okay. Before we get started, I do love that, like, you get this, like, big, exciting Voldemort thing, and that feels like it should be the end, but it's like, no, there's still, there's still mysteries more. to be uncovered, and it's like, you just get it and get it and get it, and then it's like, this Voldemort stuff is all starting to make sense because you're hearing Crouch's stuff. Like, it's yes, all, it it's all fits so together like good. the perfect puzzle. Ugh, I love this book. <laughs> So, okay, my mother saved me. She knew she was dying, and she persuaded my father to rescue me as a last favor to her. He loved her as he had never loved me, so he agreed. They came to visit me. They gave me a draught of polyjuice potion containing one of my mother's hairs. She took a draught of polyjuice potion containing one of mine, so we took on each other's appearance. And poor Winky's like, no, don't say anything more. You're going to get into trouble. (laughs) The Dementors are blind. They sensed one healthy and one dying person entering Azkaban, and they sensed one healthy and one dying leaving. My father smuggled me out disguised as my mother, in case any prisoners were watching through their doors. My mother died a short while afterward in Azkaban. She was careful to drink Polyjuice Potion until the end. She was buried under my name and bearing my appearance. Everyone believed her to be me. Um, and then Dumbledore asked, so what did your father do when he got you home? He staged my mother's death, a quiet private funeral. That grave is empty. 
The house elf nursed me back to health. Then I had to be concealed and controlled. My father had to use a number of spells to subdue me. When I had recovered my strength, I thought only of finding my master, of returning to his service. Mm. How did your father subdue you? The imperious curse. I was under my father's control. I was forced to wear an invisibility cloak day and night. I was always with the house elf. She was my keeper and caretaker. She pitied me. She persuaded my father to give me occasional treats, rewards for my good behavior. Um, did anybody ever discover that you were still alive? Yes, a witch in my father's office, Bertha Jorkins. She came to the house with papers for my father's signature, but he was not at home. Winky showed her inside and returned to the kitchen to me, but Bertha Jorkins heard her talking to me and she came to investigate. She heard enough to guess who was hiding under the invisibility cloak. My father arrived home and she confronted him. He put a very powerful memory charm on her to make her forget, which is the memory charm that Voldemort then mm -hmm. had to break. Um... And he said it damaged her memory permanently because it was very powerful. And Winky's like, well, she shouldn't have come nosing in in the first place. She's so sad. I feel I so bad for her. She's just crying and I crying. Oh, dear. Um, and then Dumbledore says, okay, tell me about the cup. Winky talked my father into it. She spent months persuading him. I had not left the house for years, and I had loved Quidditch. Let him go, she said. He will be in his invisibility cloak. He can watch. Let him smell fresh air for once. She said my mother would have wanted it. She told my father that my d mother had died to give me freedom. She had not saved me from for a life of imprisonment. So he agreed in the end. It was carefully planned. My father led me and Winky up to the top box early in the day. Winky was to say that she was saving a seat for my father. I was to sit there invisible. When everyone had left the box, we would emerge. Winky would appear to be alone. Nobody would ever know. But Winky didn't know that I was growing stronger. I was starting to fight my father's imperious curse. There were times when I was almost myself again. There were brief periods when I seemed outside his control. It happened there in the top box. It was like waking from a deep sleep. I found myself out in public in the middle of the match, and I saw in front of me a wand sticking out of a boy's pocket. I had not been allowed a wand since before Azkaban, so I stole it. Winky mm. didn't know. Winky is trying to fight. She had her face hidden. Um, and Dumbledore's like, so you took the wand, and then what did you do? Um, we went back to the tent, and then we heard them. We heard the Death Eaters, the ones who had never been to Azkaban, the ones who had never suffered from my master. They had turned their backs on him. They were not as enslaved as I was. They were free to seek him, but they did not. They were merely making sport of muggles. Their sound, the sound of their voices awakened me. My mind was clearer than it had been in years. I was angry. I had the wand. I wanted to attack them for their disloyalty to my master. My father had left the tent to free the muggles, Winky was afraid to see me so angry. She used her own brand of magic to bind me to her. She pulled me from the tent, pulled me into the forest, away from the Death Eaters. I tried to hold her back. I wanted to return to the campsite. I wanted to show those Death Eaters what loyalty to the Dark Lord really meant and to punish them for their lack of it. I used a stolen wand to cast the Dark Mark into the sky. Ministry wizards arrived. They shot stunning spells everywhere. One of the spells came through the trees where Winky and I stood. The bond connecting us was broken and we were both stunned. When Winky was discovered, my father knew I must be nearby. He searched the bushes where, where she had been found and felt me lying there. He waited until the other ministry members had left the forest. He put me back under the Imperious Curse and took me home. He dismissed Winky. She had failed him. She had let me acquire a wand and had almost let me escape. Now it was just father and I alone in the house. And then, this is when the insane grin appears <gasps> on his face. My master came for me. He arrived at our house late one night in the arms of his servant, Wormtail. <laughs> My master had found that I was still alive. He had captured Bertha Jorkins in Albania. He had tortured her. She told him a great deal. She told him about the Triwizard Tournament. She told him the old Aura Moody was going to be teaching at Hogwarts. He tortured her until he broke through the memory charm my father had placed upon her. She told him I had escaped from Azkaban. She told him my father kept me in prison to prevent me from seeking my master. And so my master knew that I was still his faithful servant, perhaps the most faithful of all. 
My master conceived a plan based on the information Bertha had given him. He needed me. He arrived at our house near midnight. My father answered the door. The smile spread even wider over his face. It was very quick. My father was placed under the imperious curse by my master. Now my father was the one imprisoned and controlled. My master forced him to go about his business as usual to act as though nothing was wrong, and I was released. I awoke. I was myself again, alive as I hadn't been in years. And then what did Voldemort ask you to do? He asked me whether I was ready to risk everything for him, and I was. It was my dream, my greatest ambition, to serve him, to prove Ooh. myself to him. He told me he needed to place a faithful servant at Hogwarts, a servant who would guide Harry Potter through the Triwizard Tournament without appearing to do so, a servant who would watch over Harry Potter, ensure he reached the Triwizard Cup, turn the cup into a port key, which would take the first person to touch it to my master. But first, you needed Alistair Moody. Wormtail and I did it. We had prepared the Polyjuice Potion beforehand. We drained to his house. Moody, Moody put up a struggle. There was a commotion. We managed to subdue him just in time and force him into a compartment of his own magical trunk. Took some of his air and added to the potion. I drank it and became Moody's double. I took his leg and eye. I was ready to face Arthur Weasley when he arrived to sort out the muggles who had heard a disturbance. I made the dustbins move around the yard. I told Arthur that I had heard intruders in my yard who had set off the dustbins. Then I packed up Moody's stuff and set off for Hogwarts. I kept him alive under the Imperious Curse. I wanted to be able to question him to find out about his past, learn his habits, so that I could fool even Dumbledore. It's like he's not even aware that Dumbledore no. is there. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is so creepy. Yeah. Ugh. I also needed his hair to make the Polyjuice Potion. The other ingredients were easy. I stole Boomslang skin from the dungeons. When the potions master found me in his office, I said I was under orders to search it. And what became of Wormtail after you attacked Moody? Wormtail returned to care for my master in my father's house and to keep watch over my father. But your father escaped. Yes. After a while, he began to fight the Imperious Curse just as I had. There were periods where he knew what was happening. My master decided it was no longer safe for my father to leave the house. He forced him to send letters to the ministry instead. He made him write and say he was ill. But Wormtail neglected his duty. He was not watchful enough and my father escaped. My master guessed he was heading for Hogwarts. My father was going to tell Dumbledore everything and confess. He was going to admit that he had smuggled me from Azkaban. My master sent me word of my father's escape. He told me to stop him at all costs, so I waited and I watched. I used the map that I had taken from Harry Potter, the map that had almost ruined everything. And then this is where Dumbledore learns about the Marauder's map. Yep. Um, Potter saw me on it. He thought that I was my father. We have the same first name. I took the map from Potter that night and I told him my father hated dark wizards. Potter believed that my father was after Snape. <laughs> Snape's been hearing this whole thing. <laughs> For a week, I waited for my father to arrive at Hogwarts. At last one evening, the map showed my father entering the grounds. I pulled on my invisibility cloak and went down to meet him. He was walking around the edge of the forest, and then Potter came with Crumb. I waited. I could not hurt Potter. My master needed him. Potter ran to get Dumbledore, so I stunned Crumb, and I killed my father. You killed your father, Dumbledore said. What did you do with the body? Carried it into the forest, covered it with the invisibility cloak. I had the map with me. I watched Potter run into the castle. He met Snape, and then Dumbledore joined him. I watched Potter bringing Dumbledore out of the castle. I walked back out of the forest, doubled back around, and went to meet them, and I told Dumbledore Snape had told me where to come. Dumbledore told me to go and look for my father. I went back to my father's body um, and watched the map. When everyone was gone, I transfigured my father's body into a bone and buried it while wearing the invisibility cloak in the freshly dug earth in front of Hagrid's cabin. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> and then tonight, I offered to carry the Triwizard Cup into the maze before dinner, turned it into a port key. My master's plan worked. He has returned to power, and I will be honored by him beyond the dreams of wizards. And then, that's it. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, ah! beautiful job. Such gorgeous reading. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> oh, my.
my god, that is just the bomb. I don't even know what to say. It just speaks for itself. It's so good. Jeez. How is it allowed to be so wonderful? (laughs) I don't know. It just, it's like every little thing tied up in a bow. He's so good. It's all just there. It's all just there. It's so good. I know. Oh my god. I don't have any questions about him yet. Okay. We have to wait till what happens. <laughs> so let's keep going. Okay. So what then happens next. Um Dumbledore asks McGonagall to stand guard over him. Yep. Tells um Snape to take um or to get Madame Pomfrey up to come take a look at Moody and then tells him to go find Fudge and bring him up to his office. Yep. Um or go to that office so yes. that he can question Crouch himself. Oh, boy. Um, so then he takes Harry to his office where Sirius is waiting for them. Yes. And so oh, Harry asks where Cedric's parents are and they're oh with Professor Sprout. No, I hate this and Dumbledore like kind of chokes up. He chokes up for a second. Oh. This is what I choked up. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. I know. So then they get into his office and Sirius is there and he's just like, I knew it. I knew something like this was going to happen. Hey, buddy, now's not the time. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so Dumbledore tells Sirius everything that Barty Crouch had just told them, and Harry's just kind of, like, sitting there trying not to fall asleep, and Fox is just, like, keeping him company. Hey, Fox should have hurried up with the leg thing. Yeah. Because he's just sitting there, like, in blinding pain. Right. Because he says that. He's, like, during the whole, like, Barty Crouch thing, he had just been so absorbed that, like, he forgot. But now... Now his leg hurts. And he's had to walk all the way up to Dumbledore's office, too. It's, like, fucking crazy. Like, why is no one helping him? God. Um, and so then Dumbledore asks Harry to tell them everything that happened in the graveyard. And Sirius is kind of like, can't that wait? Like, you should let him sleep. And then Dumbledore's like, if I thought that sleeping first would help you, I would let you do that. But it won't. It's just going to make it worse the longer you put off telling us. Yep. What happened, and so then Harry starts to tell them everything that happened. Um, yeah, and then it says when he tells them about Wormtail taking his blood, Dumbledore looks triumphant for a second. Just for a second. Wow. I don't know what I thought that meant when I just read it. Yeah. Um... And then he just says, very well, Voldemort has overcome that particular barrier. Harry, please continue. Wow. So it, it maybe it just is like a guess of his at this point. I think so. Um, so then Harry is telling them about their wands connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dumbledore explains that Harry and Voldemort's wands share cores from Fox. Yep. Um, and then um, Dumbledore knows like what happened. When their wands connected. So he was like, Cedric appeared. And then Dumbledore's like, okay, who else? And then Harry was like, an old man and Bertha Jorkins. And then he can't say anything else. You know. And then Dumbledore's oh, like, no. and then your parents. And Harry's like, yeah. And then Sirius is like gripping his shoulder super tight when he hears that James and Lily came out. Um, and then Harry tells them about how they saved, or how they gave Harry enough time to escape. And then Dumbledore's like, you've shown bravery beyond anything I could have ever expected from you tonight, oh, Harry. Oh my god, this boy. Um, 
So now, then he takes him to the hospital wing where he gives him a sleeping potion. <laughs> and he lets Sirius stay with him. So they go to the hospital wing and Mrs. Weasley and Bill and Ron and Hermione are all there. Um, and they're all like really happy to see him. But before they can do anything, Dumbledore like stands in front of Harry and is like, please don't push him. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, he's been through a lot. He needs to sleep. Mm-hmm. Don't ask him any questions. Um, and so then Harry like gets in bed and um, takes a nap, I guess. Fully just drops Fully out. Just fall- Ron and Hermione are like scared of him for a little bit when they first see him. It's they like they don't so even want to go scared. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then... Mrs. Weasley is, like, crying and just yeah. doing everything she can to just, like, make him comfortable. Um, so then he takes a sleeping potion, but then he wakes up and hears McGonagall shouting at Fudge. Yes. And so then, do they come into the hospital wing? They do. Yeah, they do. So then we find out that when Fudge went to go question Crouch, he brought a Dementor with him and it sucked out his soul before McGonagall he could. is pissed she has absolutely lost her mind she is furious because she knows what this means now um so then dumbledore comes back in and is like what are you doing why are you disrupting all these people sleeping and so then they tell dumbledore what happened and fudge is like what does it matter he was a dangerous guy and now he's gone who cares and dumbledore is like this is when it hits the fan yeah, this is when it hits the fan, because he's, like, and clearly he was, like, lost his mind. He was, like, telling some kind of, like, cock and bull story that was, like, couldn't have been true, and Dumbledore's, like, no, it was true. So then he kind of starts to explain to Fudge everything about, like, you-know-who being back, and Fudge is just, like, not believing mm-hmm. it. He's, like, there's no way. There's yeah. no way. Um, and Dumbledore's, like, no, we heard him confess. We heard the story. I also heard Harry's story of what happened in the graveyard, and, like, they match up. They align. So, yep. like, yeah, I believe him. And F- Fudge is, like, well, Harry's kind of told other weird stories about Sirius mm, Black and boy. stuff. Um, so he's in like, which you... Sirius is, like, growling at him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, and so then... Uh, yeah, then Dumbledore and Fudge just kind of, like, start arguing. Dumbledore's like, okay, he's back, and here's what you need to do. You need to take the Dementors away from Azkaban. Yes. You need to go befriend the Giants. And Fudge is like, what are you saying? This is all ridiculous. People are gonna lose their minds if I do any of this stuff. Um, and Harry's, like, listing names of, like, Death Eaters that were in the graveyard trying to get him to believe him, and Fudge is just like, no, we knew all these people were Death Eaters before. Who cares? No, he's he's saying these people have all been cleared. Yeah. Too. So, like, not even just that, like, he's not even interested in investigating these people. Yeah. He's like, no, these people were all cleared years ago. What are you talking about? Yeah. We already knew that they were Death Eaters once upon a time. This isn't news. Um, And McGonagall is like, you are such an idiot. What about Cedric? How do you explain that? Um... And Fudge is just like, I see no evidence that, like, he was murdered in any other way than just something going wrong in the task. God. Um, and Dumbledore is like, you are an idiot. <laughs> so then Dumbledore is finally like, okay, fine. If your determination to shut your eyes will carry you, then fine. But we've reached a parting of the ways. You must act as you see fit, and I will do the same. And Fudge takes that as a threat. Mm-hmm. He's like, you 
son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. And then he's like, and you're, are you trying to like be, move against me or whatever? He's like, oh, no, no, I'm moving against Voldemort. So as long as you're not doing that, then we're on the same side. Okay? Right. Yeah. I okay, love sweetie that. pie. Like it is fucking ridiculous. You're going to work against me. No, I'm, I'm going to work against Tom Riddle. Jesus Christ. He can't be back, Dumbledore. He just can't be. And then Snape steps forward and shows him yes. the dark mark. And Snape wanted to say something earlier, too. He makes, like, a weird move that Harry notices, but then doesn't say anything. And then only now he, like, kind of gets up the courage to be like, fuck you! Yeah. And show his arm. <laughs> and then Fudge just, like... He, he's like, oh, your whole staff is behind this story. Yeah. Like, everyone's gonna tell me this. So he's like, I will be in touch with you tomorrow to yes. discuss the running of the school. But for now, I need to leave. I love that that is immediately in this book, like, I'm I know. gonna fucking destroy you. Like, yeah. I'm taking over the school. Right. Because you're unfit to do anything here. You're all crazy. Yeah. I love it. Oh, this part is so good, too. So he sets Shit. off to leave, but then, um, Gives Harry his winnings. Yeah, so he just again. drops this, like, sack of gold on him, and it's just like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> So then Dumbledore is like, okay, Molly, like, I need you to round up Arthur and get to work. And she's like, yep. Or Bill's like, I'll go to dad and, like, tell him what happened. Yep. And then he tells Sirius to go find, like, Lupin and all the other old order members. first. Oh, no, that's right. First, he (laughs) makes Snape and Sirius face each other. Yes. I also love when Sirius first shows himself, Mrs. Weasley is like, oh my god, it's Sirius Black and Ron's like, mom, shut up. I know, I love that. I thought that was the funniest part. It really so gave me the giggles. <laughs> Just like, mom, stop, shut up, it's fine. <laughs> and then Dumbledore is like, alright, you guys, you gotta, you gotta get over your old, mm-hmm. your old drama. It's He's so annoyed by it. Too. He's very impatient. He's yeah. just like, you guys are being ridiculous. So they shake hands, but then let go really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. Do we... Okay, what is the thing that he tells Snape that he has to do? Is it to go back to go, Voldemort? Go and, see Voldemort and start yeah. this shit up again. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh! It's crazy, like, what a talent Snape is. That he was, like, set on murdering him. And then he's, like convinced that he's gonna spy on Dumbledore for him in the end. Yeah. And he's, he's like, one of his most trusted. Right. In one meeting. Right. Go Snape. God, I know. He's so good. I don't want to like him, but it's cool. No, he's bomb as hell, but he's a very bad person. (laughs) He is, but, like, he is very brave to do what he's about to go do. Absolutely. It's nuts. And it's, like, his, like, he's, like, pale and is very grim, but just is, like, He's just like, yep, it's time. He's kind of like, I knew this was going to have to happen at some point. He was like, I knew as soon as he came back that, like, my time was going to come and it's it's now. It's happening. It's real. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, I have a question. I have a couple questions. Why does Fudge refuse to believe that Voldemort is back? Probably just because he knows that, like, things are going to, like, change a lot. I think that he got to be minister in a, like, time of restoration and Mm -hmm. is not prepared at all to be a minister in a time of war. Yeah. And that he has been, 
I don't know if like celebrated is maybe the word, but that he has been thought of as a very good minister because things have he, been like, built things back up again. And that now it's like he is afraid to be known as like a bad one mm-hmm. if he makes the wrong moves. Yeah. And also I think that it's his pride that he has been, it's said that Dumbledore has been helping him through his like, yeah, not and history, Dumbledore calls him out on presidency. it <laughs> during his time as minister. Yeah, that he's been helping him, and now it's like he feels small. Yeah, that that Dumbledore is more competent than him. Yeah, in this, and Dumbledore is like calling him out on it. He's like, "You care more about preserving yeah. your image than you do about doing what's right." Yes, yes. So he's he's just like he's afraid. I think he's yeah. afraid, and he's prideful, mm-hmm. and he just he can't. Accept it. Yeah. Oh, God. Fudge. Fudge is pretty despicable in the next book. He is. He's gross. But in these I, early books, he's just kind of this, mm-hmm. like, bumbling little lovable idiot. And but I think, like, I think he's, like, I think he's great here. Like, I think this is such an interesting way for his character to go. Yeah. And then he, like, in a, in a way that is, like, interesting and likable to me. Mm-hmm. Fifth book, I don't really know that I have any joy in my heart for him yeah but six book love again right that is the coolest shit yeah in the world that he's like kind of not being forced but is a little bit in a way of being forced to kind of stay on in the ministry yeah to like kind of be an errand boy Ooh. oh boy oh i just love it i think fudge is so bomb i do too i'm so, so really excited for it. the next book now. this is such good setup for the next book i forget like reading the end of it they're like really like Kind of putting everything into place for this next one. Yeah, that must have been infuriating because I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, this I is where I the started, huge break was. Wasn't I started it? reading these books like not too like far behind when the fifth book was about to come out. Like I didn't really have to wait because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, reading them at a at a decent pace going through these first four. Yeah, and then. Oh, yeah. I would have been so pissed. Because it was like a two-year gap three. between it three was years. Three between years. books four and five. So it must have been infuriating. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. God. Because it, it's like, all right, here we go. The battle's starting. Or the war is starting. It's crazy. Prep work. Okay, so then my next question. That was from Pottermore. This is also from Pottermore. Um, did Barty Crouch Jr. deserve his fate? That's really tough because that it's asking really for tough. our views on capital punishment. I know, I know. It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, do people ever deserve that? No. No. No, I mean, like, the real life answer is no. No. <laughs> but he is absolutely despicable. I feel like going to Azkaban wouldn't have even been that bad. It would have been pointless for... because yeah. he would have been brought out. Right. So it's like, what else could you do to punish him for this? Besides kill him. Yeah, I know. What do they even do with people after they've been kissed? Because they're not technically dead. They just sit. They sit and rot in a cell until they die. God. That's wild. Oof. Gross. So it's like, no, it's like, I feel like he almost deserved to, like, die more than he did to, like, have that happen to him. I, it's crazy. I don't know. 
absolutely deserved to be punished. He deserved to be punished, yeah, but, but he nothing would have nothing would have stopped him. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, uh, Voldemort would have absolutely won if he had had him on his side <laughs> for the next three books. <laughs> oh my god. Jeez. Oh, okay. God. Are we in the last chapter now? We are. Yeah. Well, oh, this is when, after they all leave, this is when Harry starts to feel very emotional. Oh, about no, Cedric. I forgot. This is very upsetting. This he, is very upsetting. Because Mrs. Weasley's trying to distract him and is like, oh, I'll just think about what you're going to buy with your gold. And he's like, I don't want it. I don't deserve it. This, he tries to give it to her, right? Yeah. And she's like, oh, don't, don't be silly. And then he, that's what he like starts crying. He's, like, sitting there, and he's, like, looking up at the ceiling because he doesn't want to look at anybody. Yep. It's in and his, Mrs. It's Weasley in his, is, like, it's, it's in his not, throat, it's in his nose, it's behind his eyes, like, that. It's that feeling, it's, it's that, like, yeah. lump in your throat that yep. you get before you cry. And she hugs him, and he says that he's never been hugged like this in his life. Yes. And that made me start crying. Yes, I know, <laughs> same. Oh, my God, but then it's broken because her mind catches Rita. <laughs> <laughs> And then she's like, there's this huge, slams. like, bang. She slams the window, and she's got her hands like this, and she goes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love I'm it. So, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like Harry and Mrs. Weasley are having this, yeah. like, super sweet, touching moment, and then there's just this big, like, bang. Mm-hmm. So, oh, God. yeah. So then Harry goes back to sleep. And then yeah. this is this is the bummer. Yeah, this ending part. This is when um, the Diggories come see Harry this and Amos sucks. is crying the entire time. And his mom is just like, she has she has nothing left. She just sits there and listens. Yeah. She can't even cry. Yeah. Oh she, my yeah, God. she can't do anything. I'm fully going to cry watching this movie. Her grief was beyond tears. Oh, Jesus. She's like, well, he suffered very little and he had just won. So, you know, he must have been happy in that moment. So I guess... If we have to lose him, that's the best death we could have asked for. Oh my god. Like, that's literally how she responds. Oh it's like, well, god. if it had to happen, I guess it happened in a good way. Oh my god. And then Harry tries to give them the winnings. And no. she's like, no, 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 I can't. I can't. Oh. Um. I feel so bad for them. I know. I'm Even Amos, kidding. who's been a major asshat this entire That's month. his kid. I know. Just died. He loved him so much. That's why he was such an asshole. I know. <laughs> God. Oh, no. And Harry's just fucking numb. For yeah. the rest of the book. For the rest of the book. We find out that Mrs. Weasley asked Dumbledore if Harry could just go straight to the borough with them at the end of the school year. And he was like, nah, I'm going to send him to Privet Drive and let him be isolated for half the summer first. Yeah. Um, and then they go visit Hagrid. And Hagrid is, is like, I, I knew it would happen. <laughs> I've been saying it for forever. He's going to come back. I, I like that there's, like, a moment here where, like, Harry says that, like, he's glad like Ron and Hermione are like respecting his space and they talk about other things mm-hmm. and it's just so sad to hear that like he says that they you know they talk about other things and try and have fun or they just let him sit and be quiet yeah <laughs> and that's what fucks me up is they're that, like, like being exactly what he would need his friends to absolutely do for him but it is so though. tragic that he just like there's no support system for him I know it's fucked up 
just talking about it one time, Dumbledore, doesn't, like, mean he's gonna get fit. You're, like, setting him up to, like, lose it. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't stand this. I can't stand this man. It drives me fucking nuts. And it's, like, you know, it's been time. People are doing stuff. They don't, like, have defense against the dark arts class anymore. Like, stuff is still going on. He's still going to classes. They're still, like, going to fucking school for a couple weeks. And then he goes down to Hagrid's one time, and it's, like, it's the first time he smiled in days. Yeah. Oh, God. I feel so angry and upset and sad. Dumbledore probably started shutting Harry out, like, immediately after the night that he got out of the grave. Like, this that's is what, what drives me crazy. Like, how does, he, how does he think that this is proper? I don't get it. Because it, it's like, oh, he responds so well initially to everything yes. Harry goes through. Like, the night of, he's perfect, and he does everything that he needs to to, like, help Harry. This is what drives me nuts, too, is so he's got his, we'll get there, obviously. He's got his speech in the end where he says, like, now is the time to, like, not isolate ourselves and to, like, create friendships and yes. live together. And I'm like, take your own fucking advice, you piece of shit. Yeah. He does the same thing to Harry that he does to Ginny at the end of Chamber of Secrets. He's like, I know that you went oh, through this worse. big traumatic thing, but, like, just sleep it off. You'll be fine. And there's, like, the selfish part of it is that, like, he knows that this, like, connection thing is going to be happening. Yeah. And he's afraid that Voldemort is going to learn stuff from Harry's side. So he won't tell him anything. Right. Because he doesn't want Voldemort to get the information. But, like, find a fucking way. Yeah. Seriously. I feel so bad for this kid. Like, I always forget. I don't know why or how. I always forget that he is so fucked up at the end of this book. Yeah. Because I, I know it of and I see it in the next one. Yeah. That's very clear. But this one, he just, like, there's nothing left in him. Right. Oh, I feel so bad for him. But anyway, let's get to the part where, like, Hagrid gives the greatest quote in, like, any Harry Potter book that makes me cry my eyes out. Where is it? When he says that it'll come when it comes and we'll face it when it does. Yeah. I'm trying to find it. It's toward I'm the on end. the pages where they're talking to Hagrid. Known it for years, Harry knew he was out there biding his time. It had to happen. Well, now it has and we'll just have to get on with it. We'll fight. Might be able to stop him before he gets a hold. That's Dumbledore's plan anyway. No good sitting and worrying about it. What's coming will come and we'll meet it when it does. <laughs> And that that's, like, the last line in the book, too. Like, Harry's like, Hagrid's right. And that's the last line in the book. Yeah. Oh, God. Jesus. And then there's a three-year break. (laughs) And then there's a three-year break. (laughs) No, let's keep going. So, the feast. Let's talk about... Oh, let's talk about Cedric. Shit. That is the worst. The end of another year. There is much that I would like to say to you all, but first I must acknowledge the loss of a very fine person who should be sitting here with us, enjoying our feast. Oh no. I would like you all to stand and raise your glasses to Cedric. Cedric was a person who exemplified many of the qualities that distinguished Hufflepuff House. He was a good and loyal friend, a hard worker. He valued fair play. His death has affected you all, whether you knew him well or not. I think that you have the right, therefore, to know exactly how it came about. And Harry, Harry, up until that point, was just sitting there like this. But as soon as Dumbledore's like, I'm going to tell you how it happens, he just looks up Holy and he's like... Holy shit. Cedric Diggory was murdered by Lord Voldemort. 
The Ministry of Magic does not wish me to tell you this. It is possible that some of your parents will be horrified that I have done so, either because they will not believe that Voldemort has returned or because they think I should not tell you so, young as you are. It's my belief, however, that the truth is generally preferable to lies and that any attempt to pretend that Cedric died as the result of an accident or some sort of blunder of his own is an insult to his memory. And then we see Malfoy, like, whispering to Crabbe and Goyle, and Harry gets really angry. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's not even listening. Um, There's somebody else who must be mentioned in connection with Cedric's death, and that is Harry Potter. Harry managed to escape Lord Voldemort. He risked his own life to return Cedric's body to Hogwarts. He showed in every respect the sort of bravery that few wizards have ever shown in facing Lord Voldemort, and for this I honor him. He's talking real good things about him, just Mm -hmm. not to him. The Triwizard Tournament's aim was to further... Uh, and promote magical understanding in the light of what has happened of Lord Voldemort's return, such ties are more important than ever before. Um, Every guest in this hall will be welcome back here at any time should they wish to come. I say to you all, once again, in the light of Lord Voldemort's return, we are only as strong as we are united, as weak as we are divided. Lord Voldemort's gift for spreading discord and enmity is very great. We can fight it only by showing an equally strong bond of friendship and trust. Differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open. It is my belief, and never have I so hoped that I am mistaken, that we are all facing dark and difficult times. Some of you in this hall have already suffered directly at the hands of Voldemort. Many of your families have been torn. A week ago, a student was taken from our midst. So remember, Cedric. I'm not going to cry while I'm reading this. I know, I'm very emotional. (laughs) Remember if the time should come when you have to make a choice between what is right. Oh, no. The tears are coming. Oh, no. <laughs> Remember what happened to This movie's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> I can't read the rest of it. <laughs> Remember what happened to a boy who was good and kind of angry? <laughs> because he's straight across the path of Lord Voldemort. Remember Cedric Diggory? <laughs> I can't. Oh god! <laughs> We're both sitting here crying. I'm right crying now. and laughing at what else to do. I'm laughing at my crying self because I'm embarrassed that I'm crying on a podcast. I can't. <laughs> I love it. This is such a gut punch. Fuck Draco Malfoy. I'm sorry. God. I am. I was so angry when I was reading this. I texted Katie. It's like I am. I am a volcano of rage. <laughs> I am a volcano of rage. (laughs) Oh my god. That sucks. That is so mean. My body is a volcano of rage. I didn't remember exactly what Malfoy said on the train, but I'm losing it. That's what you texted me. (laughs) I can't stand it. Okay, I have some questions of my own. Okay. I want to know, and we've kind of talked about this a little, so we don't really have to get that into it. Yeah. But as of right now, how have the events of the graveyard changed Harry? Absolutely traumatized. Super traumatized. It was the first time he ever saw someone die. Voldemort's back, and he knows that, like, he's lost a bit of protection that he had Mm -hmm. against him. And he's scared. Like, he knows that, like... I think he's just so filled with feelings that he just can't feel them. Yeah. That's like the only way for him to keep going. Right. Oh, poor kid. And then I, my other question was, how does Cedric's death affect 
the characters in this book, but also how do they shape the series going forward? How does his death shape the series going forward? Everyone dies in a book after him. This is Each like... Book has a, it's the first of many deaths. This is why they call this the turning point. It's because someone actually dies. And it's a big deal. It's very dark. It's, it's like, really the start of, like, the second war with him. Like, it's mm-hmm. the first life that's lost. Yes. After Voldemort returns. Yeah, truly. Very, very upsetting. And I think... It makes it a lot more real for people. Because, like, people are already dying. He's mm-hmm. been back for, like, a week and people are already dying. Yep. Eek. And the character, like, the poor Hufflepuffs. You get that little description of the table. Like, puffy-eyed and just yeah. wrecked. Right. <laughs> I'm really gonna sob during this movie commentary. <laughs> I can't believe it. I was like, oh, shit. I know I'm just gonna be, I'll probably get a little teary when we watch the movie. But I fully cried when you were reading this toast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Okay, let's wrap this up. Okay, so then they're saying goodbye. Fleur comes <sighs> and says goodbye to Harry and Ron. Victor comes and says goodbye to Hermione and Harry. <laughs> he shakes hands with all three of them, and Ron is this like, is it's an internal my struggle. He's like gonna burst, and then he just, can I have your autograph? <laughs> and Hermione's just like smiling. That is the best ever. But you do get, you know, they're they're talking before he comes over saying, how are they gonna get back now that Karkaroff's gone, like, to see her And or Victor's whatever. like, we did all the work. Yeah. He just stayed in his cabin. <laughs> Um, oh so then God. they're on the train and Hermione tells them what she found out about Rita. Yes. She's a beetle. <laughs> She's and so happy. She's so happy. She's so smug about it because Harry's like, oh my God, Rita won't keep quiet about this. And Hermione's like, oh, she hasn't written anything and I don't think she will anytime I wonder soon. what she would have done under the control of the ministry. Oh my It would have been an even bigger nightmare. It would have been even crazier, because they were pretty, they're pretty mean to Harry in the next book, The Daily Prophet. Yeah, already. So, just imagine. Yikes. So, yeah, and it all comes together. It's like, oh, there's a beetle on the statue, there's a beetle in her hair, and that's how Malfoy was, like, whispering into his hand. The window was open in divination. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was on the window. And then Malfoy comes in. Okay. Oh, very clever, Granger. Oh, boy. You've picked the wrong side, Potter. I warned you. Can we talk about what the fuck is going on right now? What is happening? What is he doing? How does he think? I don't understand. Okay, no, I get it. They're kids. They don't know anything. Like, they talk about it when they, like, toast to Harry. A bunch of the Slytherins sit and don't do anything. Yeah. And it's like, those are all Death Eater kids. Yeah. Those are all Death Eater kids. But it's like... Their parents couldn't have possibly told them the shit that they did. No. But it's like, I don't understand how he doesn't understand that there is no way for Harry to have ever done any, like, he, it, no matter what, he's dead. Right. Are you kidding? Like, I don't, like, he's, he's a child and he knows nothing and he's just trying to be, like, self-righteous. Yeah. But that is the craziest thing to me. After all of this, to try and say that. 
And it's like it's like the it's like the fucking like Hermione thing in the in the woods again. It's like what are you saying? Yeah. Like you're taunting both right. of them in these instances, but in ways that feel like are you trying to say something? Yeah. What are you doing? What Ugh. is he doing here? This I He's just ooh, being a shit. I can't stand it. And then what he says. Absolutely. He doesn't even finish it because he gets hit with like six spells at once Mm -hmm. to shut him up. Too late now, Potter. They'll be the first to go now that the Dark Lord's back. Mudbloods and Muggle Lovers first. Well, second, Diggory was the first. How can he joke about that? Like, even Malfoy had to have, like, liked Cedric, right? No, he hates him. (laughs) But you know what I mean? But Cedric was like the head jock of the school. He's everyone's first gay crush. He's everyone's favorite. <laughs> I And he was a pureblood, so like Malfoy wouldn't have had any reason not to like him. It's just, it's like he's so wrapped up in this. Because it's, you know, it's the thing again of like, why he thinks that this is such a good hill to die on. Mm-hmm. Is that like, he has heard... About how, like, on top of the world his family was back in the day. Yeah. And now it's coming about again. So he really thinks he can kind of, like, hustle up and, like, get in everybody's business. Yeah, Because he's, he's going to be it. the top dog now. Because yeah. Voldemort's back. And his family's glory days are back. Yes. Now. So, like, he knows this is happening. So he thinks, all right, now I'm going to, like, go around and talk shit because it's not going to matter. But it's mm-hmm. like, hey... Someone died that right. you went to school with. Yeah. For somebody who... Okay, now we know this of, like, the absolute wild shit he said in Chamber of Secrets about Hermione mm-hmm. and wanting her to die. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Um, but then, like, think of it, too, is that, like, you know, as he learns more and gets wrapped up in it more, like, he knows how horrible it is, yes. But as somebody who's, like, horrified that Fenrir Greyback is in the, this school where his friends are... Mm-hmm is, like, thinking it's totally fine and funny to make a joke about a student dying. Yeah. Fully dying. Fully getting murdered. Saw his corpse. No one's getting petrified. God. The ignorance and... Just... Ugh. I I can't stand this kid. I don't think I, I don't think I ever get to like him again until much until later. Until Half-Blood Prince, I think. Until much one. later. Yeah. Books four and five. He is, a, real he nice. is a, a, a horrible human being. Yeah. I don't care that he doesn't know. Because you know what? You don't make this excuse for, like, anybody else. It's like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if they don't have the fucking internet. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. You know what's right and what's wrong. You yeah. know you're doing something bad, and that's why you're doing it, because it provokes a reaction that makes you feel big. Mm-hmm. I can't. <sighs> I can't with him. I can't. My my sympathies, I get, they draw to a close at some point. Like, there's a line. Right. The line has just been crossed. Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with Hufflepuff. Don't fuck with Cedric Diggory, the best person who has ever been on the planet. Yes. How dare you. I am so angry. 
He gets what he deserves, though. He with, absolutely like, six does. people all cursing him at once. And that he's not even, he's not even awake by the time they get off the train. They have to step over the three of them to leave the train. Yeah. Their parents are going to have to come on and drag them off. Yeah. Good. Good. He sprouted, like, tentacles, didn't he? Yeah, all over his face. So, oh, and then we find out yeah, the, um, final, the, the, final the final thing with Bagman. Wrap that up in a little bow. It was just that he had a gambling problem. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what the whole issue was. Yep. And he uh, screwed over Fred and George by taking all their money and then not paying them back. Because he already gave it to the goblins, who he, like, owes so much money to. Right. And then tried to win it back. Because they took it from him. Yes. He didn't give it to yeah. him. That's right. They took it from him. But then he's trying to like get it back by betting against them. Yeah, but he then he bets loses on Harry. He loses again because the goblins are like, they both won. Yeah. So no, you don't win. And so he, then he left ran the away. country. Yeah. So funny. What happened to Ludo Bagman? God, Ludo Bagman. Dead on the street. He's just gone. No money. (laughs) Murdered. Lives on the street now. (laughs) And then Harry gives Fred and George his Triwizard winnings. Yes, on the secret on the side. Yes, so no one knows about it. And then the book ends. (laughs) I'm emotional. (laughs) I know. Holy shit, what a good book. This was a long episode. Yeah. Well... You know, thanks for sticking with us, guys. We've been telling you from day one when we started Goblet that this was going to be a long episode. It's going to be a big one. Well, there's just so much to talk about. There, like two huge events happen. Yeah, Barty Crouch and Voldemort. We finally learn about all of that. And the third task. And the third task. Even though we did a great job breezing through that. Yeah, (laughs) we did a really good job on that one. Ten minutes tops. But, yeah, that's it, guys. That was the book. So, um, as usual, we're going to be back next week with the commentary episode. Yay! So you can watch the worst movie ever made. (laughs) And then we'll be maybe taking a little bit of a break. We're definitely, definitely going to be taking a break. Um, But then we'll be hitting you guys up with some other fun content before we dig into order. Yeah, definitely need a break before. You know, need to, like, control myself. Because, like, fully in 15 minutes... We're about to start a movie yeah. that's going to make me sob in front of all of you. Yeah. So. <laughs> but we'll be coming back at you in a few weeks, probably, with the Crimes of Grindelwald movie commentary. Yep. So that'll be very fun. And some other fun surprises. And but if you have any, stuff. we've got a couple ideas. But if you have any ideas, please, please, please reach out to us because um, these little in-between episodes, listen, we heard you loud and clear. You didn't want another ratings and rankings. So we won't do that. <laughs> so we will not do another one of those. But we won't do another one of those until we are done with all the books and then we'll redo our original one. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. It's like, honestly, every time, like, just thinking about it or whatever, like, every time we do a new one, it's like, okay, well, how has my thing changed of, like, what, what, like, the order of how good the books are? It's like, literally everyone is just like, best, better, 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 better. I know, I know. I don't know how it's ever going to get out of order again because I'm just like, it's the best ever. So good. Man, this book was bomb. Well, all right. The usual plugs. Follow us on Twitter and yes. Instagram at MyrtleBathPod. Email us, MyrtleBathPod at Gmail. Keep reviewing us on iTunes and rating us. We've gotten a few, but mm-hmm. we would like more. <laughs> <laughs> Please Reach also out. share us with friends and family. We've started to grow a little bit, which is exciting We're since we started doing this. We're super pumped about it, you guys. Please keep doing what you're doing and telling people about us. And we just, we love you very we much. We love you all. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. Bye. Okay, bye.